The powers of the universe had brought three malevolent minds together to form an unorthodox alliance. Through the marvels of technology and by the power of Craig, you have found them. First, there's Cat. Holds the powers of dark knowledge, horror movies, and too much true crime. And then there's Keller. With dominion over the bot Craig, she wields control over technological forces and has possession of the sacred written word. And then there's me, Dick, the keeper of the ancient films and knower of all facts that are fun. And together with their powers combined, they are the Clip Critics. Able to pop out screen. It said he was thinking. <laughs> but um. Oh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, we're just going to start morning, off everybody. with because because Kat joined the room and was like, that that movie was an experience, so <laughs> here we are. We're not, we're not even, even going to have our morning little chat. We are just jumping in. So welcome back, everybody. We're doing, what are we doing? The Return Birthday to Oz. Birthday month. Return Birthday to month. Oz. Right. It, it is a combined... Official start of Richard and Mai's birthday month. So we're going to start with Richard. Um, and then we're going to move into mine. And Richard decided to bring up past traumas. And I remember <laughs> what my past trauma was. Okay. And I literally had a panic attack on his couch. It was not fun. But I'm sure Richard oh highly enjoyed it. <laughs> okay, oh, so, no. so guys, did. what did you I think did. of my movie? My I hated it. One of my favorite movies of all time. Once we got past the whole Wheeler thing and I had my childhood trauma brought back up, it was great. Oh my god, I literally have in my notes, the fuck is that? No, okay, so here's the thing. I couldn't remember what it was that scared the living shit out of me about that movie. I seriously could not remember. And then we're sitting on the couch and the well, the first one comes around the corner. I was literally like, oh my god, that's it! That's the thing! That's the trauma! And like... <laughs> I literally I had a it? panic attack on his couch. Like, like it was super great. It was not. <laughs> then so, was, oh. oh, this Richard, this was a This was not Wizards of Oz the way I remember it. And to be fair, Wizard of Oz is a little bit of a creepy movie anyway. This is terrifying. So so before we completely do that, first, anybody who's not aware of Return to Oz, and if you are familiar with the Yellow Brick Road and the Emerald City and you think it's going to be joy and happy, that's not you the way are. the books are written. It shouldn't be that way. One of my biggest angsts with The Wizard of Oz is how much it's so dislike the books, it's ridiculous. But Return to Oz manages to capture the magic. Sure, the Emerald City's been destroyed, the and people have been turned to stone, and, you know, there's wheelers, but and there's a witch that changes her head. Like, I always said if Tim Burton could get a hold of Oz, this is probably as close as we would get. But then Tim Burton got a hold of Oz, and it was wonderful. So, yeah. <laughs> so Return to Oz is a very lovingly designed movie by Walter Murch, who was a fan of the books. Um that he painstakingly went so far as to recreate drawings from the book, he full did. scenes, um, character design, the storylines from book two and three are, are melded together and to create a new story, but one that you can definitely 
the books are still there. Um, which is really strange because usually I'm a purist and I know what the the book The Land of Oz is and I know what the book Ozma of Oz is, and they they combine them beautifully. Like I don't think it's it could have been done better. Um, and visuals the visuals still still they last. They yeah, hold up. They hold up. We were, the, we, the we were talking about that too, like the claymation of the visuals and stuff. We we were talking about that. It was it was really good. So now that that's being said, let's go back into these girls' drama because it'll be fun to listen to. Okay, so what did you all think? Now, more details. I hate you, and I hate the movie, <laughs> and that was my trauma, and I hated every second of it. So, uh, while I was watching it, I'm like, I I remember Richard saying, like, Dark Disney and Watcher in the Woods time frame, so I was a little bit prepared for, like, what I was getting ready to watch. I was like, I know this is going to be some weird shit. And I kind of was aware of uh, Return to Oz. I had never really watched it. Like, I had, I know I've seen, just from watching it now, I know I've seen pieces of it somewhere, possibly at Keller's house, but I'm not sure where. But I never, like, paid attention to it. And I'm watching what? it this time, and... Like all the, before I get to all the costuming and, and everything, my moment of horror where I suddenly like honed into this movie was when Anna M's like, okay, bye. I was <laughs> like, wait, what? What's happening? Oh no. And that was like, from that moment on, I was horrified and upset by this movie. I <laughs> what see, it the represented. Only, I remember watching that movie when I was little. And I stripped the entire thing from memory with the exception oh. of the wheelers the wheelers specifically because those terrified the living terrifying. shit out of me when i was little and the scarecrow i don't know why the scarecrow creeped me out but it did he's terrifying, terrifying. he he's really is not cute he's not cuddly looking he's upsetting he is. And I think, I think it's the blank expression on his face. Like, somehow they managed to give Jack more expression than the Scarecrow. And those are the two things that I remember from that movie when I watched it when I was little. That was, so the, that was, I'm glad you brought up Jack, because that was the other thing that I was like, oh yeah, I remember why I, like, just dismissed this movie. Because... Every time anyone's like Jack Pumpkinhead, I'm like, Nightmare Before Christmas. And then, like, this exists in the world also. A character named Jack who also has a head for a pumpkin. And I just didn't... I, a head for a pumpkin? What? Uh, what Isn't that I the say? only one that caught that? You said a head pumpkin for, for a, a head. Pumpkin <laughs> for a head. A head for a pumpkin. Um... I just like full rejection of it. I don't know. I don't understand. Jack is a little bit, he's sickly sweet, which makes me sad. He very much represents a child. And I'm like, oh, he's a baby. He's just know, a baby. He is just a baby. Jack is so sweet. And I love him dearly. He does, it does weird me. I, I was like, wait, no. Jack Pumpkin King is Jack Skellington from Nightmare Bur Who's this bitch? This is Jack. Where did you come? Also, Jack, made of pumpkin. Kind of looks like Jack Skellington. It was this, this is baby Jack before he went all terrifying in Halloween. That's town. what I decided. <laughs> I was like, is this an extension of that universe? And we get like this is pre 
hardcore burnt out Jack. He was still whimsical and fun then. I think this is because Tim Burton is a fan of the Oz books and he read oh. them as a child. Yeah. That's the what Oz- I was wondering. I was like, is this where Tim got Jack Skellington? And that was his ode to Oz was Jack Skellington. So the original the original Oz books were written between 1900 and 1918. And after Al Frank Baum died, the company, like most corporations, they were making a lot of money off Oz. L. Frank Baum tried to walk away from Oz several, several times and end the series. In book six, he even has a letter to fans that he's never going to be able to write another story. But money situation in reality is the only thing that he did that was a success. So he kept having to go back to it. Back to it. Um, but Riley and Lee was making money every Christmas. That was what they were one a year came out one a year like clockwork. And every Christmas people gave it to their kids and they wanted to keep up that tradition. So that's when they started to hire other authors. So Ruth Plumley Thompson and then Jack Snow and John, no, John Arneal that I might have those reversed. They kept going and, and writing all the way up to 44 of them. Uh, the last one being in the seventies, that was official. I was going to say, that's why there's so many Oz books by so many authors. Right. Um, So the first 14 are by L. Frank Baum, and then Ruth Lumley Thompson. Yeah. Impressive writing. Yeah, it is. Stint. (laughs) Damn. The Wizard of Oz has the notion of being the first American fairy tale. And fairy tales tended to be darker. Yeah. So you take all of that into consideration, then you look at the time frame in which Return to Oz was made. Because you had the never-ending story that came out, you had... Oh, I'm um, still not okay. You had the Dark Crystal, you had, oh, you had the movie I haven't seen yet. Um, Willow? Willow. That one's dark, I guess. So, so you have all these dark fantasies that were coming out at the same time, so it actually blended in well, and I think that's why Disney finally took the chance. Because Walt had originally purchased book rights in the 1950s to, I think it was book two through 12, to make movies. And he was going to adapt one for the Mickey Mouse Club. And it was going to be called Rainbow Road to Oz. And on his fourth um, anniversary special, he has the Mouseketeers come out and play a piece of it directly from the book The Patchwork Girl of Oz. And he kind of shelved it and thought he would go back to it later. He ended up passing away before he did. Disney was about to lose rights to the Oz books after so many years. So they were like, we need to get this movie made if we're going to do it. So that's when they turned it over to Walter Murch. And I believe, if I've done my research correctly, this is Walter Murch's first theatrical film. It got booed. The Disney version that we got. It got booed by critics because critics wanted The Wizard of Oz. And what most people don't realize. I was just going to say, I bet they did. I bet they were real confused when this came out. Real upset. And and for everybody that knows The Wizard of Oz, the movie, is beautiful and a masterpiece for what it is. So much work went into it. it. Isn't it one one of, if not the first movie that used Technicolor? That's one of. I don't think it's the first. So I came out in 1939, the same year as Gone with the Wind and Rebecca. You had a lot of movies that came out that year. Mm-hmm. Um, when One thing about it, though, that people don't realize if you've come so far from a book that's written in 1900, then nobody has picked up books in ages that 
The Wizard of Oz really hurt the books more than helped them. Mm-hmm. It changed a lot of things, like her slippers are supposed to be silver, not red. Really? They leave out things Ooh, like... I didn't know that. For example, how did the Tin Woodman become tin? He fell in love with a munchkin girl, and the witch enchanted his axe, and he started hacking off body parts. And every time he did, he went to a tinsmith, and he would make him a part to recreate the piece he lost. Yeah, they did. They covered that really quickly in the movie, and I was. A I little, was going to say Dorothy is confused. telling that to a psychiatrist, yeah. and he's like, "Okay, Dorothy." Uh, yes, yes, he is. Um, so that being said, L. Fringbaum did one thing about Oz that most people did: if you are in Oz and you get maimed, you don't die. Death does not exist there unless it's through the deadly desert. So, or, or weird magical means. So you so, can be maimed, mangled, cut in half, and still live. So he Sexually. didn't... Death doesn't exist except by thought out and planned suicide or accidental, like when the wheelers fell into the deadly desert. So either you have to purposely be like, I want to kill myself and step into the deadly desert or basically get sparted in. Correct. Which is a very child concept of how death should work. Not liking things passing away and wanting more control over mortality. That's a very, I can see why a kid would want to cope with death in that way. Yeah. And you're like, let's make death optional and well within the means of our control. So that being said, there's a lot of background that goes into the making of this. And there is actually a wonderful book that was printed in 86, right after the movie came out, called The World of Oz. Where That's the one you showed me. It is. Yeah. They, they delve into... They take drawings from the book and they compare it to the movie drawings and the costuming and the design and all the hidden characters that are in the last scene. There's like over 40 hidden hidden book characters in that last scene. So if you're an Oz book fan, you can sit down there and you can actually try to spot them once you know. You you actually found one last night, or not last night, but the other night for the first time. That I had not seen. I keep looking for him. And that's the Frogman. So that's exciting. Yeah. So it, it, it was very, very, very cool for anybody who's a real fan of the books. Now, when you go online, you find two people. You either find the people that, oh my god, this isn't the Wizard of Oz, what were they thinking? It's so dark and creepy, and why? And then you have the people that have read the books that are like, oh my god, this is the best Oz movie ever, why would you ever, ever watch another? And it's evenly split. You so, forgot the third group of people, which are I was traumatized and never want to watch it again. But you fall with the first group, really. Why, why, no. why would they ever create that again? No, <laughs> now that I've watched it and I understand, I like it's a really good freaking movie and I totally adore it, but I was also traumatized as a child. It's, and that oh my girl, <laughs> I was blown away by how good an actor she is. As a, Even as a child, I was like, wow, look at you. Just acting's in your soul, isn't it? Right. And even Ozma. crazy. The child actress that played Ozma, like both of them were absolutely incredible. You did really well. Yeah, they did. And I was like, I was so proud of myself for seeing that. She has such a distinct face. Like seeing her again as a child, I even, my husband walked in and I went, hey, who is that? Ooh. And he stared at her for a second and was like, is that, is that the craft girl? And I'm like, yeah, isn't that trippy how much she looks exactly the fucking same? Oh, you know who else is trippy? 
completely off topic for a second, but this is this is the same kind of trippy thing. We just saw a movie recently, or maybe it's a TV show. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The actress that plays Danny from um, Hocus Pocus as an adult, she looks exactly the same. We were like, wait, is that Danny? It's another vampire. Yeah. I'm telling you, they're out there. <laughs> she is in some kind of a Law and Order type series. I don't know which one it is, but yeah. she is. Yeah. Oh, no, really? Yeah. No, good we're for like, her. Holy shit! Is that is that her? Like, like <laughs> you can see it in her facial expressions and shit, and it's like, oh my god! Like, so do you remember that terrible Tim Curry song, the Halloween one that I played for you? Where he he flew in on his broom and it was Halloween night and he was singing and it was you all yelled at me because it was so bad. I was gonna say no. I feel like I have faded visions of it and I feel like I watched this at two in the morning and was like, I don't, I, I don't so, know. I I rem- and I was like half a half asleep the other night and like had a fever dream of remembering that Tim Curry played like one of my favorite villain villains in a cartoon that I watched in like ninety nine. Mm-hmm. So the other night. Um, so yeah, please continue. <laughs> no, I liked Tim Curry. I don't want to know that that was allowed. Who allowed so, him to do anyway, that? Where was your so, gay? So that, that clip I took was from called the movie called The Worst Witch. And The Worst Witch is also a Ferruja Bulk movie. Oh. And and before that, like, uh, Return to Oz is her first theatrical film. But, like, Deceptions is her first television film, and that was with Stephanie Powers and Barry Boswick. And that movie is absolutely wonderful. Um, But um, The Worst Witch is also another one of her TV films. So she had some experience going into it. And even now, like, she selects odd, weird art projects. I had a friend who was super, super obsessed with her, and one of the things he was excited about when we had first met was that I had a copy of Return to Oz. And he oh. was like, and I'm like, oh, I was like, oh, you know who she is? It's like, does she still act? And that was when he made me watch The Waterboy. So uh, my my memories you were always. want me to kill them? <laughs> I love that scene. And then, of course, she's really best known, I think, for the craft. Yeah. Because she was amazing in it. That movie's really good. Then they clickbaited everyone with the second movie and were like, she's going to be in it. And then she's in it for five seconds. And I've never wanted to throw a remote at my TV. What? Osiris has literally five seconds. I was pissed. I've had those. No, we're not playing Revolving Door today. So anyway, he just so wanted to come in here and he turned around and realized it wasn't exciting and now he wants to leave again. He so just return- wanted to know that the door was open. <laughs> so Return to Oz is a film that once again takes Dorothy back to the wonderful land of Oz. It starts six months after the tornado hit. She's having terrifying dreams because she's not sleeping. Nobody will believe her that she's been to a place called Oz. They think it's just PTSD on her part. And her aunt and uncle finally give up and they borrow money from the aunt's sister. Because honestly, most of their money is tied up in the new house because they lost the farmhouse. And Henry has broken his leg on top of it and he's not really 
it's just it sounds like more he's down in spirit than anything else. He's not really still injured. He just kind of just he's in a mental funk right now. Right. Traumatic injuries can have post depression. Yeah. It's like that's a very real. And in this time, they wouldn't have had much. They wouldn't have acknowledged it much. But this was the beginning of my like, oh, this movie's going to be a mental health nightmare because I'm watching it. And they're talking, I think they were, they're kind of discussing Dorothy's thing. And they're like, it's been six months. I don't know why she's not over this already. Her life threatening situation where presumably she was picked up in a house and thrown across Kansas. And they're like, I don't know what the fuck her problem is. She's having weird dreams and shit. Then the the next door neighbor tries to kill her. Right? Like, like. She's a, she has very normal for a child, and also her age has regressed. So I'm like, okay, we're dealing with a nine year old now, but that's it's so, fine. So fun fact about about the original movie: the original movie, um, Miss Gulch is not in the books. She's not part oh. of it. Okay. <laughs> they 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 use that to once again the Wizard of Oz movie. Very hard to compare it to it because it's only a shell of the story. Well, and that's, I was assuming because I had heard so much about this is closer to the books that maybe there was just like a someone not given enough of a shit during The Wizard of Oz because Dorothy is fully 16 in The Wizard of Oz. And then yeah, she's, movie, she's in the fully books. a child. And she looks almost identical to W.W. Dinslow's original drawings. Which is what they were going to from the Wizard of Oz. So if you Google Wizard of Oz and Dorothy and Denslow, you will see his version of her, and she looks like her. And much more like the Return to Oz girl. And and, correct. And Bomb's Dorothy is based on a niece that died, and she was thirteen. So okay, that makes some sense. That makes so, sense. So Dorothy was never supposed to be a teenager. That was something that Hollywood did because they wanted to sell tickets and they wanted they wanted to use Technicolor to make money. Yeah. The movie is very pretty and you know, like I said, it's got a base a base storyline. But they improvise so much. I'm kind of glad they didn't put a legit child on that set, though. The Wizard of Oz, the making of that movie was a nightmare, and they went through lots of directors, and it was super abusive. Yeah. So it was bad. On that set. Yeah. um, Oh, I I lost my... Oh, oh, the the idea that it was a dream was never brought up, because L. Frank Baum never made Oz a dream. He, He, like, eventually, M and Uncle Henry go to live in Oz. Like they, oh, cool. yeah, they, they, they never, they never die. That makes me happy. Um, yeah, they, they, that doesn't happen until book six because he was trying to end the series. So he wanted Dorothy to bring her aunt and uncle there. And even though they, they are aware she disappears from time to time, eventually they, they never really know if she's telling the truth or not, but they finally come to accept it. Mm-hmm. So even with this movie, this movie, he was in a, in a predicament because he had to attach it to the first movie for people to accept it. But right. he wanted to stay true to the book. So uh. he also made the whole dream sequence be a thing. He also left the shoes ruby instead of turning them back to silver. Silver to kind of attach, yeah. To, to, to kind of attach it. 
because Disney wanted to make, and honestly, they had started off with silver shoes in the original, and they changed it to red because it showed up on screen better. Well, I mean, That's what I understood too was they were like, "Yeah, but we have color, and we want to use the color, and silver's right. white, so that's no fun." What can we do? Meow Merce. Yep, I have a very upset. So our friend, our friend is over with his puppy, and Osiris does not like the puppy because the Aww. puppy is like, "Look, a kitty, and I don't know what kitties are, and I want to play." <laughs> I want to squish it and touch it and be in its face and let me put its paw on its head and let me sit on and its face. Cyrus becomes a feather duster. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> poor boy. Cyrus doesn't like to be trapped in the bedroom. So he's very, very so there's this emotional conflict happening. Huge emotional conflict. So Aunt Em, and, Aunt em and Uncle Henry agreed that they're going to take her to a doctor. Um, and this is a doctor who's advertising in, in, in one of the newspapers. Quick and pause. This is, this is this, a real thing that Belfast Hospital and a Kansas hospital did to get psych patients, where they just put out newspaper ads and were like, bring your kids, your wife, you got a problem with your wife being an ag, come on down. Electric th shock therapy. Yeah, they're like, we got this new thing called a lobotomy. It's lots of fun. Let's give it a try. Well, you also got to remember, too, this was literally 1900. 1800s. Yeah, uh, yeah. They are, they are, um, he was, he said something about in so many months, it'll be 1900, this yeah. the year of electricity. And he turns on the light to emphasize the fact. And right. you got to remember that these people are not as well educated as they are today. So they're very ignorant and are more willing to take. To believe this to, stuff. To, to believe it. Right. Absolutely. That's why well, medicine then, doctor, you know, the quacks that, you know, that, that went from town to town. Like that's yeah. how they made money. So like, oil salesman, the, average, yeah. the average education in and around the turn of the century was like eighth grade. So picture yourself being in eighth grade and what you knew in eighth grade. And practicing psychology this. on children. It was right. so new. You believe this kind of crap. I mean, think of yourself as being 13 and somebody was like, oh, yeah, we'll hook yourself up to this machine and send electrical shocks through your brain and you'll be cured of everything. You'd be like, all right, yeah, 13-year-old me, let's do it. Yeah, like you're I telling me you can fix my shit. Do yeah, it. You fine. I will give credit to you, Em and Uncle Henry in this situation because. They're from a time frame when they should have been like, if it doesn't make your heart stop, you just keep going. They right. recognized there was a problem, and they recognized that they couldn't fix it. Fix it, so they needed outside help. Yeah, no, so they were willing to recognize the idea of like psychiatric help. Yeah, I was blown yeah. away by right. that too. <laughs> it's yeah, like, it's no, like, as fucked up as it sounds to us today with our modern thought process. For them, at that point in time. They are leaps and bounds above what most people of their time frame would be thinking. They really are. For sure. Well, and so it's they... not their fault. They were openly diagnosing, like, all kids with any behavior. The new trendy thing, apparently, yeah. when I was doing some re reading, was, like, even kids with what we would call today um, optimal defiance disorder, they were just calling it schizophrenia. Yeah, given electroshock therapy to any of them, to whatever that's you won't listen to your parents. Bzz. Yeah, get to frantic. And the kid's like, I don't want to eat broccoli. Ah. Yeah, sorry, I'm allergic to it. That's okay. Zap. Yeah. Like, 
<laughs> it's not great. So, yeah, for them to be this far ahead is great. But it's also like, oh, no, this is the worst time to get involved in therapy. Right. So they take her to far beyond the town that she's ever been in. Um, yeah. I think they said Franklin. Um, they they she's go never down. Been outside Franklin before, and it made me sad. <laughs> they go. The size of population was seventeen. And I know. they, <laughs> they like also travel by horse and buggy. So yeah. you know you didn't get very far. You got three miles in a day. <laughs> Uh, five? Maybe. Yeah, if you had a real healthy horse and, like, a good day with nice roads, you could get five. Um, what I found out in my reading is they would have been going to, at this time, the only insane asylum, the only asylum or sanitarium nearby would have been the Kansas Insane Asylum, which was actually renowned for being pretty good for a minute. Really? They did all right for a second. They were had the doctor who was really into like talk therapy before following through with physical things um then another dude took it over and like packed the asylum truthfully what this whole asylum segment is doing it's giving you the dream world comparisons that they can give her a dream they they haven't followed the books to this point the books don't get start followed until she actually gets to oz so they okay. had to come up with an and somewhat of an original story that was believable for her to get to Oz. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Well, and it's because a very viable in this particular story. This this movie falls more on the book Ozma of Oz than it does the Land of Oz, because when L. Frank Baum wrote the books, he skipped over Dorothy in the Land of Oz. Dorothy was not in book two. He oh, was trying she straight to, was not in it at she all. Was straight, it oh. was not in it at all. So. In order to keep the connection to movie one, they really needed to do book three. But too much happened in book two for them to do that. So he, like I said, he melds, melds it together well for what he did. I mean, um, there was enough information for me to be like, okay, so this happened to Oz. Right. And yeah. like it seemed like a cohesive storyline unlike Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe where I was like after I read The Magician's Nephew I was like this makes so much sense I know so, right so in in, in, <laughs> book, in book three on Ozma of Oz Dorothy and Uncle Henry are traveling to Australia and something to do I, I, I don't know something to do with a family member or something um, so Aunt Em okay. is still at home there in Australia the, bo the boat goes through a storm and Dorothy gets tossed overboard with a chicken coop. And that's where it picks up and takes her to Oz. It's, it's a very different... Chicken is so yeah. good. I so, love her. She was so good. <laughs> so anyway, Dorothy arrives at the insane asylum, we'll call it, for better, lack of better purposes, and they go through a consultation. And the doctor is asking her questions about Oz. And this is where, like, the Tin Man story came up, which the Tin Man story is in the books. And that's not the only one. There's a, there, If you actually read book one, there's a lot of dramatizing scenes in book one. Um, it's supposed well, to be a dark fairy tale. Well, explains another one or two scenes, too. Just to give you an idea, I think it's more so that the viewers are like, oh, we never thought about that. Oh, this is going to be much darker than you think. I think it's a way of preparing you for what the books were. Mm -hmm. With, yeah. I mean, it Without makes the sense. research. Um, 
he he tells her aunt that they are that they're going to do uh this procedure that they are going to hook up to a machine that's going to attack the negative brain waves while she sleeps. So it really is a good lie. And it is, and I found it so upsetting. And he's and like, he "No, it won't hurt." And I'm like, "You don't know. You didn't hook yourself up to that. No one did." And what you don't know, <laughs> and what the aunt doesn't know, is that there are injured patients in the basement. Like, but you don't find that out for a little bit. Um, so <laughs> she was doing what a normal person from that time frame. They want to get her help. They don't know how to do it. They, it's the, it's the doctor's world. They're trusting him at face value because he's a doctor. How could he be wrong? So yeah, she well, leaves her. The, I was just going to say that. Sorry, go ahead. So she leaves her in, in their care. And it's the care of the doctor and this woman that I'm pretty sure grows fangs at night. And Right. I'm pretty sure these two are based off a brother and sister couple or maybe loosely inspired by that would have in the 1800s um, worked at. So Belfast, New York was one of the first sanitariums ever in America early on. And it's got a fucking dark history. And it was run by or a woman and a brother worked there for a long time. And the woman was a really renowned doctor with an eighth grade education. Like Keller said, right. like biggest yeah. doctor ever, except it was like then college. So it was really like at best you're talking first year college. And she experimented on upwards of a hundred children and was known for inviting parents in and then being like, Oh yeah, they got to stay overnight. I know you weren't expecting a stay, but it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry. It's totally normal. We do it all the time. And the parents would be like, well, we didn't really expect to stay. So they often didn't come with long-term clothes and wear, which means these people, these children staying here weren't taken care of well, um, because she really had no intention to take care of them well. Right. And there is another little girl that you notice that is there who she kind of sneaks a peek through a window, um, but you don't really know who she is and they don't really describe it. child. That's what I right. thought immediately. You, you, I was like, oh, they murdered that little girl first. Run away. Oh, I, yeah. I, I thought it was another patient that they had there that they didn't let go home. I, I, yeah, like, I went as she, she was kidnapped. But of course, I was a kid when I saw this. I, I think it was five or six years old. I I was in second grade because I just read Ozma of Oz. So when the book came out, I mean, when the movie came out, I was prepped because I just read the book. You were in the headspace. You were there yeah. and ready for it. And it was so much like the book. It was wonderful. I mean, there are, like I said, they're liberties, but it's close. <laughs> um, so, you Annem leaves her there, and she tells her to do what the nurse and the doctors orders her. And of course, back then that no that was a law. That was law, right? Yeah. That was law. You Children didn't. had no advocacy; they weren't people. No. So Ugh. she she brings her to a room, and she tells her that she can have a nap if she wishes. It's going to be a little while, and she takes her lunch pail. She was like, you yeah, won't be she needing does. this. She's like, nope, you can't have the thing that attaches you to your home, which is another thing they do. They'll like take away any identifiable pieces of things. Uh-huh. Um, they do that to you in rehab for the first couple days you're there, too. They take away all your shit, and you can't have it back for like the first three days. Um, 
Did anyone did, else notice how unoccupied that? I was like, dude, this isn't somewhere where people show up and get taken care of. That room is dusty AF. There's probably still a dead body in the closet from the last patient they've forgotten there. Like, in the closet. I know. That was super high, too. So like she couldn't see out unless she climbed up on the bed. Yeah. So it's funny because I've actually been in several houses that are like this building, which is it's worse because so my my uh, there was a story where my grandmother, my aunt's a nun, and I don't know how many people here know that, but whatever she she lived in a convent that was in the old Daniel Webster. That would be a house. fun Patreon story. Can we do personal stories on Patreon sometime and talk about? <laughs> and this house that was in, the, in part of the Daniel Webster that she lived in had the weird the weird windows like that. It had the weird hallways that curved. It was freaky and it was old. Mm. Yeah, it, 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 oh, it, like it was it. the right age. It, it was <laughs> creepy. And at one place, they had a built-in mirror into the wall so that if it was dark, you would jump every time you would go through because you'd think somebody was standing in one of the halls. Ooh. I was just going to say, that's a, that's a nightmare. Yeah, That's it was terrifying. It's not funny at all. It's awful. And I know that every time I stayed there, I always thought, God, this house reminds me of Return to Oz. <laughs> um, oh, no. So but I think one of the reasons why it feels like that there's no other patients in there is that they've all been put into rooms, the ones that are there, and the doors are what? shut. Right, where they're <clears throat> waiting to be serviced. And... During so, you see a couple of workers walking in the halls, and they're creepy. And you hear that high-pitched squeal of metal because it's not oiled, right? And you hear cries coming from somewhere in the asylum. So you have that really rich, creepy Halloween vibe if it was at night and etc. And it does give an indication that it is Halloween time because they have a little pumpkin in in the rooms when they put the guests in there. Little girl mentions it. She's like, "It's almost Halloween," and. But once again, it's all the director's way of getting you equipped to take all of these aspects. Her lunch pail that she gives to the woman is the lunch pail tree. The pumpkin is Jack Pumpkinhead. The the interns in the hallway are the wheelers. The you know, and that sound that goes with it. So they're trying to set it up to make it a dream sequence, and that's why he rent super dark because it fit and he needed to connect it to make it like the first movie. So everything you see isn't just random. It's there for a purpose. Still don't like it. Just like his little machine when he's sitting there telling Dorothy how the machine works and he's like, he's got a face and he's got a hat and he's got a doesn't. It's got murder inside it. That's what he's got. But what he's doing is introducing you to the idea of TikTok. So... That's I got that on the second watch. I was like, oh, okay, I see. At first, I was like, this doctor's a nightmare person. I hate him so much, and I just couldn't get past that. And they did like, the makeup really well because the characters in Oz, you don't realize are the characters in the asylum at first. Yeah, they did it really well. Mm-hmm. Like they hid Unlike the, the Wizard of Oz, which it was later. very, it was very blatant. obvious. They yeah, beat yeah. you over the head with it in Wizard of Oz, very much so. So. You, they, you know, the, all those subtle touches. Well, they bring Dorothy. They come and get her after she's sat in this room for a little while. Oh, the the little girl that had been running around the halls comes to visit her quick. Well, mm-hmm. this poor and, child tries to advocate for herself. She's like, "I want to lay down," and they're like, "Oh well." I didn't like well, that, it. Well, that I little, don't want to be strapped in. Tough shit. 
Yeah, and I was so up, uh, upset and uncomfortable. It was literally the whole, just my true crime brain was like, this is a dead child. Well, the, is, and but, I'm watching it. Well, the little <laughs> girl that asked her be- beforehand who sneaks into her room asked her why she's been brought. And she gives her this explanation. I think mainly more, I don't even know if it's for us because we already knew why she was brought. And then she well, darts out of the room. Give the idea of how how trivial the reasoning is when you really think about it. Because she's like, I can't sleep. And when you really think about it, that's not justification for what she's about to go through. Right. Um, but they don't know any better because of the time frame. But it's in her mind. She's like, I don't know. I just can't sleep. And now I'm fucking here. The little and I girl thought it was a good way. Off just as they're bringing the stretcher. And the nurse tells her that she needs to get on and lie down. And she was, was like, dirty. I'd rather sit up. And she was like, what did your aunt tell you to do? To listen to you and what Dr. Wooly t- Exactly. He hated, right. hated it so much. And, they, and then they strap her in and then they give her the reason so she doesn't fall off. Which she <laughs> retorts, I came all the way from Kansas in a buggy and I didn't fall off. Well, and good on her for making yeah. that point of being like, what? Exactly. But I mean, in reality... The straps are so she won't fall off when she's convulsing because she's getting yeah. electrocuted to death. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so like, she she gets wheeled into this really cool operating it. room. And what I mean by really cool operating room is it actually has windows to the outside. You can't yeah. necessarily see out them well, but it's got the windows in that Victorian house feel. And it looks like yeah. the surgical room from Dexter. And it's super <laughs> fucking cool. <laughs> So he's telling her what they're going to do, and he at least tells her what they're going to do so she's not shocked and, you know, putting the earmuffs <laughs> over. <laughs> but, um, I genuinely think, though, they did a good time, good job of showing, like, an overexcited doctor who has gotten his hands on a new piece of technology that is being treated as a cure-all. Yeah. And this happens in the medical field all the time. Every time you hear about some new cure-all, be very cautious. The shit happens. And so I do think he really believed that he was about to do something good and probably couldn't entirely figure out why his patients kept dying. Or, well, yeah. I don't know that they died. They were injured. Right. Like, like it never said that anybody died. I think because it's supposed to be a kid's movie, they're not going to straight out be like, there are piles of dead people buried in the backyard. <laughs> So there's there this, are fully piles of dead people buried in the backyard. So there's this massive <laughs> lightning storm going on. And just as he's about to turn on the, the, the machine, that's the lights go thing. out. There's not a warning with this machine that's like, do not operate during electrical storm. Do not run near water. Like, didn't this come with a book? But it's no, the 1900. Didn't they didn't. 1900, <laughs> they didn't know that you couldn't. Like That's true. Well, those most of those experimentations like aren't a common. I mean, they're common knowledge now, but in 1900 they were not. I guess the electrical storm one I understand. I just feel like I'm like, didn't we? It's like Doctor Frankenstein. The electrical storm just makes it run better. That's true. They were probably like better if it's electric storm. So the lights More go people. off, and you hear the 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 loud moans getting louder. Yeah, and he he the doctor says tells her to see to that, and he was going to go off and check the lights. While well, Dorothy's he, fully dead at this point in my head, he just <laughs> died. He just killed her. 
they t- I don't even know if they tell Dorothy they'll be back. They just leave. Leave. And the little girl that's been hanging. Excuse me. Oh my goodness. Sorry. Holy shit. The little girl that's been hanging around the asylum uh, comes in. And she's like, "We got to get you unstrapped and out of here." And Dorothy's like, "But like, she's even kind of objecting." And she's like, "Come on." And she's like, "What are all those noises in the basement?" She's like, "They're patients that have been injured." So they start to hightail it to get to the front door. And they're going through that zigzag, trying to avoid people, you know, the other interns that are walking around in the halls. And then they get down to the bottom of the main stairway, and the nurse comes out, and she shines the flashlight, because it looks like she was coming out from the basement trying to make the lights work. And she catches them. And she says something to them, and, and for the life of me, I've never been able to figure out exactly what she says. Right she there. screams a word at them, and even the subtitles just say, "It sounds like so," but I don't think it is. Yeah, it sounds like it's a very like one word exclamation. I listened to it several times, and it just says "exclaims" under subtitles. I don't know what word she says. I thought she said "you," like it's like like she's. She's yelling not at Dorothy, but the other girl, like it, like it's you, like you're a pest, like you're back, you know, like you, you know, like, or like she wasn't supposed to be out of wherever she. Is. I don't know. Yeah, so the girls shriek and they bolt out the front door and they're running away from the asylum. And you get this really great Which, shot of the again, asylum in the back Santa and the flashlights coming out. Lock your doors. Lock your doors. You have crazy people inside that building. What are you doing anyway? Carry on. Sorry. Actually, they might not have been crazy. They might have been kids. I know. Oh, my God. And they're in the basement. The one, I'm sure the basement's <sighs> locked. Oh. So you the nurse... electrocuted them into such a detrimentally mentally handicapped state that they don't expect them to be able to escape, so they don't worry about locking the front door. Oh no! <laughs> they just them. So, so the nurse chases them out into the field, and they're running away from her. And the the, the storm is clearly going. And as she gets, she, she chases them, and then the, they end up at a riverbank, and they're between her or the river. And she gets close, and all of a sudden they jump. They just jump into the river. And she even tries to go into the river to chase them, but by this point they are being swept away and i think they actually feel safer try hard either she just kind of jumps in and is like ah well in fairness that's probably exactly what she thought it was like well that ship has sailed and i'm not going to kill myself doing it dude for sure she's like we go get another one in two weeks children are a nuisance it's fine right oh oh well those two are dead oh well time for more yeah, the only reason I thought that I was like, oh, this is, we've already transferred and this is the in-between to the to Oz and Dorothy's already dead is because once they do fall in the river, that girl's gone. Yeah. yeah she goes under and disappears. doesn't come back up. But the, Dorothy grabs a hold of a chicken coop that's floating into the river, smashes a, a board into it. Like she's clearly struggling with it, manages to climb in and then Smart rides. Smart girl. Which rides out the waves throughout the storm. Yeah. And it does show her, it shows the storm ceasing and calming down. And it does look like at this point that she's on the ocean. Yeah. Which is very strange considering, you know, Kansas, etc. So at yeah, some point. Yeah, like y'all I'm, were in a river. I don't think. Right. 
I'm assuming okay. that at that point the transfer happened. It doesn't really tell you because she was super unconscious. Uh, it doesn't really take you out of the movie. You just find it to be just a, a quick oddity. It didn't take me out of the movie at all. I just, my brain immediately went, okay, so this is the segue. We've now, we're yeah. going from one world into another one, and the river is the segue from one to another. What I'm yeah, fascinating fine. about that is that book two, Dorothy falls off a ship and is on the ocean when she sails into it. And it's like, that's where he allows the book, the book to pick up. And, to, and, and it oh, runs. Oh, you can almost it. see the segue in that way. Yeah. Correct. He moves from a river to an ocean for no explainable you, you reason. Gotta, you got to understand, I have probably seen this movie 500 times, if not more. So I can like, see I've had very rewatchable. Oh, it's so fun. Well, see, and, and I, I figured it was some sort of segue, too, because when she was in the river and got into the, the chicken coop thing... I didn't realize it was a chicken coop at first. I just figured it was some sort of broken crate. There was no chicken. And then when she woke up in the ocean the next morning, there was a chicken. She had her chicken. Okay, we had some sort of segue here somehow. Like, this is clearly we're not in Kansas anymore. Like, I picked up on that right away. Because Annie M fully killed that chicken. Because it wasn't laying eggs. (laughs) Correct. She was so going to. And she was going to murder that chicken as soon as Dorothy wasn't at home anymore. She's like that fucking chicken. Uh-huh. Which, you know, does remind me that we I skipped over the entire scene because I was describing with with the books. Because the chicken finds the key that right. really sets off M's determination to bring her to the doctor. Right. The key that has the O and the Z and M insists that it's the key to the old farmhouse. And even I have to admit, Dorothy's stretching it, making it known to Z the way the key is made. Yeah. Well, and and children will do that. Children can find magic and symbolism and things. And I get that Annie M is just tired. Like she makes it clear. She's like, our house isn't freaking finished. His legs healed, but he's not okay. You won't sleep and can't do your chores. Right. The chickens aren't laying eggs. This is chickens one of our are only forms of income. Right. And they now. have a, and they have a second mortgage, which they've never had to have on their house. Right. Yeah, and so, like, it's, she's in crisis right now. She is a woman who is just kind of running to her end, and this seems... Like, even um, Uncle was like, I don't know, I don't really want... This is expensive. I don't know why we're giving someone money for this. Mm-hmm. She's like, we've, we're we going to borrow the money. This is happening. This is happening. Yeah. We have to do she's something. Like, it's charity, and she's like, it's family. It's not charity. Like, Yeah. It's getting done. Like, I need help. (laughs) Like, you're not helping me right now. I need the support. Yeah, she does clearly come come out with that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Poor Anna. I feel you, lady. I feel (laughs) you. So this brings us to the next morning where the sun is coming up and Dorothy awakes in a chicken coop to the sounds of a chicken clucking. And I think for a second she thinks she's back on the farm. I would. I did. (laughs) And then the chicken starts talking to her. (laughs) Best chicken ever! Want it! I want it in my life! And instead of jumping and thinking it's odd or anything like that, she jumps to the conclusion, oh my god, I must be in Oz. Right, which is awesome. I I think it's so sweet that she's like, well, if it was Oz, that'd be perfectly normal behavior. Wait a minute. (laughs) Like, aww. She's so sweet. Mm-hmm. So, 
the the water is drying up as they're awake and Lena is looking for breakfast. She clearly says that, which is the chicken after introducing herself. And she clearly knew who Dorothy was. So she was the chicken from the farm that wasn't laying the eggs that A&M was complaining about. And noticed too, that she was the only um, red chicken. Yes. Yeah, I did see the white chickens in the background where I was like, you only have the one that's meat birds. You, s- I see your meat birds. So, and, and fun fact too, which is super interesting why L. Frank Baum brought a chicken into it is that one of his other ventures was being a chicken farmer and he grew specialty oh. chickens. That's amazing. <laughs> he grew he, fancy he, chickens? Yeah. He, put what they know into their books. <laughs> yeah. and, and they're from Syracuse. So they're, they're Syracuse, New York. So, Ah, yeah, it it was even it was even relatively close. So the so she's she's talking to Belina. She does. She's like, you can't go get breakfast. We're in the middle of the water. And Belina's like, no, we're not. And she gets up, and the water has all dissipated, and it's looks like kind of a desert with this dried up, you know, with this little bit of water that's drying up like a dead mud puddle. And then she it's comes up. Like she's vacuums. like, <laughs> she's like, it wouldn't be crazy if you were talking if we were in Oz. And then she's sitting there and she's like, Oz. And Bleen's about to jump down onto the ground and she holds her and she's like, don't do that. If we are in Oz, this is the deadly desert. And she explains that the desert goes entirely around the the perimeter of Oz. Yeah. As if she had learned that. Now, yeah. the interesting tidbit about that is that in the book, she did, L. Frank Baum hadn't written anything about that. He didn't write that until book number, th- number two. So no book Ooh. number two, she had no idea of what the deadly desert would have been. It was never explained. So I don't, Ooh. they never tell you how Dorothy has this knowledge, but they have to do it so that you understand what it is and why it's there. So I very was one of those really predominant things in the books that they were like, we can't not have this in here. Correct. Right. They just it's in, it's in every book. Okay. It's in every, it's mentioned in every book all, from past book two and up. Huh. So I can see that I can see it as being a like this is a predominant part, even though she wouldn't know yet. We have to feature it. So how do right. we? Right, where she is explained it to in book three, but it doesn't fit in with the storyline to explain it right. <laughs> in this. So they just, you just have to you forget that tidbit. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, we made it work. It's fine. So they jump from rock to rock to get out of harm's way and onto the grass, and they're both very hungry, so Dorothy is going in search of food. And immediately- rock has eyeballs. The rock does have eyeballs. The rocks have eyes. I know. Rocks have creepy creeper eyeballs, but also she steps on his head. She does. I know. (laughs) And when she steps on the rock, the rock clearly has something going on. And then you see this really cool cut to screen where you have a wall of rock that's talking. And he goes, your majesty, she has returned to Oz. So you know that there's something there. You just don't know what it is. She has. He <laughs> like whispers it. Uh, 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 chicken. <laughs> like, when I, I sat there so confused, I'm like, we hate chickens? 
So like tickets. So the and this is this is an ongoing thing. There's clearly something wrong with the chicken. They realize that he has a hatred for it. Dude detests them. He's like, kill the chicken. <laughs> so now we skip ahead to the scene where Dorothy has finally decided that she found lunch. She found a lunch pail tree. And she plucks off her tree and she opens it up and she gets her ham sandwich, which Belina's is very glad it's not fried chicken. Um, <laughs> and she's, she's literally telling Belina all the different things she can show her and she needs to see her friends and blah, 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 blah. And then you see her go toward Munchkin land or what used to be Munchkin land. And her, she finds the house that landed I know she on the witch. And the interesting thing is, like, it's in the middle of a forest. It doesn't look like it's in Munchkin Country. <laughs> of course, in the books, Munchkin Country was a forest with little houses here and there amongst the trees, but nothing, not, not, not magical, like, you know. Yeah, because I asked you about this. I was like, wait, where's Munchkin City and the Yellow Brick Road? And you're like, like just wait. <laughs> they'll explain it. And she sees the old farmhouse, and she reminisces there, there, and there, and then she's like, well, where are the munchkins? Where is everything? And then she looks over, and you see the yellow brick road, Mm -hmm. while you see yellow bricks piled everywhere. Yeah, it's like it got heaved up or something. And she has a freak out, and she starts down the yellow brick, the destroyed yellow brick road. I really thought she was going to trip. I was super worried she was going to trip. Was the parent in you losing your shit watching her run down all that? She's going to freaking eat shit. Like, oh my God. Like, I was super worried. Chicken running. That's all I could see. (laughs) It's like, oh. That chicken running is hysterical. I love it. Clock, 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 clock. It's it's, it's amazing. Have you ever watched a chicken run, though? That's what they do. That's what they look like. I've seen chicken run. No, not chicken run the movie. Like, have you actually seen a chicken run? I love that movie, though. And I'm not saying it isn't, but when a chicken runs, like, okay, if anybody's listening out there, like, lives on a farm or has ever, like, just chased a chicken, there goes a scene. This video of chickens running. Why? And now That's add now add broken run. bricks and let them run on broken bricks. Because no, it's better. Just chuck a handful of corn and watch them run across the yard. I mean, that's how chickens run. Yeah, it doesn't really matter the terrain. They just run like that. They're just weird. Like that. Can you not with my hair? Really? All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, as she's running down the yellow brick road, you then switch back to the gnome king. I'm, you, you don't know it's the gnome king. You now switch back to the rocks the talking to, to the, the wall yeah, of rocks. The disembodied voice and the talking rocks. And it's like she has discovered the yellow brick road. And- For a good portion of the movie. Correct. Oh, sorry. So you see her finally. You, you the next scene is her arriving at the Emerald City. Now, here's my gripe with the movie because yes, I have to have gripes even movies. Of course I you love. Do. For something that took one. her four days to travel to the Emerald City from Munchkinland, walking, she made there in 15 minutes. It feels like by running. She actually, um, 
her and the wheelers are friends. Ha! So, she rode one. She rode one there. <laughs> that was a ride. bumpy ride. So that that part annoys me a little because it just seems so fast. And I get it. Yeah. They did it because of continuity, but they should have said, you know, something like a day later. I, I, it would have interrupted they the flow. Time lapsed her somehow. But yeah, the, I definitely they need, get what you're saying. They needed yeah. a, a better time lapse. They did. Like, even the hardcore fans should admit they need a better time lapse. But when you're into the movie at that point, you you want to know yeah. what she's going to find, too. So you don't really notice that until you've watched it a few hundred times. Uh, yeah, you don't really. I didn't even question it. Right. But once you've watched it a few times, then you start to pick it apart. And you're like, huh. Yeah. Huh. yeah like once you realize in The Wizard of Oz that Dorothy spent days walking down the yellow brick road. And you're right. like, wait when a minute. This full ass child was like, do, 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 do. Okay, there. You it know was like what? she found a mushroom it's in Mario. It's the power of chicken, guys. It's the chicken. I mean, it's because no, she has the chicken. It's the power of KFC. <laughs> <laughs> that ham sandwich she ate off that lunchbox tree. That's right. She earned uh, 10 uh, bucket points and was like... Did either of you guys watch how the pail changed through the movie as a prop? Yeah. Dude, uh-huh. it was kind of hilarious. There's over 40 different pails that were made for the film. And they uh, sold for over five grand. Because they don't look the same. Which is hilarious. One. So want one. Anyway. Let's get a paint can. She gets to... There's one she, where it's fully just a paint can with like a piece of paper over the top and a rubber band around it. I know! Like, I don't want you to put paint in it. Can I just have the can? <laughs> oh she gets to the Emerald City, and you can tell that there's something wrong. You can't really understand what's wrong, because at first glance, it looks fine. Uh, no, know? it doesn't. You can tell there's something wrong. It's all cracked and broken, and there's fucking statues that remind me of Narnia in it. Yeah, no, no, no. When she's standing out by the road. And she's oh. looking at it. And you see the towers. And you're like, is there something wrong? But then she goes in. And everything so has been destroyed. It's like, I can't tell if this shit's fucked up or not. Or if it's just like right. no one's home. Right. Yeah. Okay. So she gets to the up. city. And then it's all like you have you have bricks <clears throat> laying everywhere. It, it looks like it, it was like a bomb church. And yeah, like there's just Gosh. remnants. She goes through and there's a, like and there's weird statuary like the woman reading a book that is just a random statue or the guy with the fishing scary. pole. Yeah. Well, it really it did scary. remind me of like the the Snow Queen's castle in yes. Narnia. Very like, much. I so. was getting really? very Narnia vibes uh-huh. too, where I was like, oh, I didn't realize they were well. And honestly, in the Magician's Nephew, you learn that Narnia is one of several worlds that you can passage to there so maybe maybe, maybe. is through that door too they're like maybe. neighbors to prepare why not maybe, maybe. I'm, it's so hard by the time you get to the magician's <laughs> nephew though like it's so you far know, into the series out of order and it's so stupid but that's a different podcast that is we'll you know, end maybe up doing we should watch the line the we should watch the line no we should watch Prince Caspian they... and then talk about the books because they do them out of order. That's what I realized. I was like, holy shit, that's Prince Caspian is done, but it's super out of order. What the fuck? Who Prince did Caspian. this? 
Oh, Prince Caspian's number two. It's book two. It's movie number two, but it's book number five. No, it's book two. If you go back to the original printings, all the way up to 1987, they had the they they didn't change them until the 90s, and then they they reordered them because of the sequence. Oh, okay. Wrote, I was yeah. gonna say I have it, and it says. Well, why do you think the movies always come out with the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe as book one? I mean, as so movie this one. This says Caspian as book four. Right, oh, because Caspian you have one. She has one of the rewritten sets. Yeah, because you'll have the horse and his boy from number five move to number two. Great. And magicians, oh, magician's Witch nephew Lord. should start it. Yep. Yeah, they have the. So this is the reorganized chronicle. The reorganized. Sorry, everyone. Either that way, was a side-select podcast. We should, either way, we should do that at some point. Like, let's yes. watch one of the movies and then discuss the differences between them. But not today. Anyways, he gets to Oz. She gets to Oz. She gets to she Oz. She gets to the Emerald City. Sorry, she's in Oz. She gets to the Emerald City. Right. And, and of course, we're, we're already talking about the statuary where she is. Right. And she comes around the corner and she sees dancing these these like Greek statues that are dancing without heads. And you know, you have it that is terrifying. Vibe. And then you have Belina start clucking massively and she runs out and she sees the Tin Woodman. And he's stone now, too, not tin. And, and she's super confused. And then she sees the Cowardly Lion. Three, two, one. Uh, and she's like, well, what's happened? And, you know, and, and of course, they had already seen the sign that said, beware the wheelers. And they didn't know what it was. So, you know, you have all this going on. And all of a sudden, you all hear Belina really start clucking as if something's wrong. And they're like, what's going on? Well, sh- this guy comes rolling up. He has no feet. No hands. He He's on well, wheels. I was going to say, you see his freaky-ass wheelie mask face first, and I'm right. immediately they show you terrified. The mask. They I show... absolutely freaked the fuck out. Like, I literally had a mini panic attack sitting on the couch. So each of the wheelers wears a mask, and he, the this guy it focuses on his mask before it focuses on his head. And the mask is terrifying. I was very it's... relieved to find out that that was a mask. And I wasn't going to have to look at that shit the whole time. Oh. And then the, immediately it does exactly what it's supposed to do. And it strikes fear into Dorothy. And they are tell her that she. Fear Dorothy. It and does. tell her and every child in this generation. And she starts running. And of all things, she runs down an alley. And once what again, don't we do in horror movies? What don't we do in horror movies? We don't go upstairs and we don't go down dead alleys. Yes, we don't go upstairs and you don't go back inside. A oh, fuck. So she's sitting there and they're and they are taunting her as they're getting closer and she's panicking and she's looking in the wall and all of a sudden she notices a hole and she grabs the key that the Belina had found back at the chicken coop and she shoves it into the wall and turns it because it looks enough like a keyhole and it works. The door opens and she manages to duck in and then they taunt her from behind the wall. Oh, I know. Okay, uh, I know. I know. I hate them, but that was great. Like, <laughs> you have a stolen lunch pail, and you have a chicken. Chickens aren't allowed anywhere in Oz by order of the Gnome King. And she's like, "Who's the Gnome King?" And they're like, "Who's the Gnome King?" And they start laughing. Malign- they, were, they were like, "This dumb bitch." Can you? Yeah. Her? I was like, "Damn." And they and they kind of you hear them start to wheel away, and she's in this little room probably the size of the room that I'm in now and it's covered in dust and cobwebs and 
she I noticed like in the sanitarium again. Kind of. Yeah. And she looks over and she sees this this statue or something over in the corner. And she's like, what's this? And she starts to snoop around and on the back plate it says, you know, this is a mechanical man. He does everything but live. And to wind up your thought process, turn turn, one, turn, turn the key, to wind up his thinking, or, or to wind up his action, to wind up his speech. She's like, let's wind up his thinking. And Belina was like, well, what's he thinking about? And she's like, I don't know. Let's wind up his speech and we can ask him. And that's where you meet TikTok. And he introduces himself and he tells the story of how things started to turn to stone. And that the scarecrow. Wait, he wasn't dumped- awake for a lot of it. He just kind of like. Right. Hung on for as long as he could. And, and he was sense. like, His Majesty the Scarecrow put me in here and told me to, you know, to wait for wait. you. Yeah. Yeah, as, good wait. Because he was like, Everything living started turned to stone. And it was like, Oh, that makes sense. so much sense. So, um,. He was like, I called for help until my voice ran down, and I paced until my actions ran down, and yep, all, all of this, he describes how he pretty much went out of commission. But then he tells tells her that um, he, you know, he's there to, to serve her, and he's the Royal Army of Oz, and blah, And blah, therefore blah. her army until further notice, and I was like, Oz! So she tells him that she's having a problem with the wheelers, and he's like, oh, he's dealt with them before. He was like, I'll handle this. He fully he, whoops their ass. He really with does. With the lunch pail. With the lunch pail. He takes the lunch pail, and he goes out, and he starts doing like this automatic spin like a washing machine. He just whips right <laughs> through them. He just windmills them to death, and it's uh-huh. hilarious. And then he grabs the leader, and he starts to demand answers, and the leader says the only person that knows where the Gnome King is is Princess Mombi. And they force him to take them to Mombi. And he goes outside the castle, but he does not go in. Mm, and, he doesn't want shit to do with Mombi. And I don't blame him. Mombi's crazy. Yes, she is. So Dorothy, like, she tells TikTok to release him. And he lets him go. And they enter the castle because nobody answered their knock. Big surprise. Mm-hmm. And this castle not, not is not much lovely. of a host, is she? No. The, the the castle when you go in is very Art Deco. It's cool though. The way it's they cool. did this set, yeah. like I was like, dude, ups to whoever yeah. built this. Brava. It looks dude. fucking cool. It, it does. It, it really does. So <laughs> first you have all the like the, the potted plants and the big stairway that's covered in dust that hasn't been and then they keep going toward this. This they're he- they're hearing mandolin music, and they're they're going toward it. That's the other thing. They're playing her fucking mandolin. Yeah, her little... fancy sanitarium. Because I think it is the sanitarium in like Oz form. Yeah. Oh, they enter. They enter a room that's entirely full of mirrors, like ceilings, oh, floor, so cool. everything. It's her door. Is is a, it, when they get to the door? It's an automatic opening door, like you would sort of see at a supermarket for the mechanism, but it yeah. looks like a giant M. So the, it, it, it folds up. She's like the opposite of the Goblin King. Instead of a maze full of stairs, she's got a room full of mirrors. Yeah. 
And the door on the, like, I always notice that the door forms an M for yeah, like, Mombi. Yeah, Mombi. It's like yeah. ridiculous. She's and, got a lot of Yzma vibe about yeah. her. <laughs> like, she's a little bit Yzma looking, and I'm like, dude, if you had 50,000 people to paint your face on the wall, you fully would have done it. I totally would. <laughs> You're like 100. So Dorothy introduces herself to this woman, and she's a very sweet, she, polite little girl. She really and, is. And she, you know, asks her about the Gnome King. And I don't even know. You know, she does. She asks her about the Gnome King. Mm-hmm. The, the woman doesn't answer her. She just, like, she literally holds up her hand. She's like, help me to rise. And the girl helps her <laughs> off the couch. And she was, she's like, I think I'm going to put on something more appropriate. Can yeah. I just say, I liked that head. That head was First very one sweet. With. The one yeah. who played the mandolin was very sweet and very nice. The other fun, heads can go suck a dick. Fun yeah, fact, the head that has the woman playing the mandolin was also in a fun movie called um, The Shell Seekers with Angela Lansbury three years later. And I made that realization when I was watching it with her. I heard her talk and it finally clicked how I knew her. Oh, is that what you were babbling about over there? Yeah. I was trying yeah. to ignore you because I was too busy watching the movie. You were trying to like follow. Yeah. That actress has a very angelic, passive, a little bit discerning look about her. Where uh-huh. she's like, there's no reason to be uncomfortable by right. her. But, but you don't want to turn your back on her either. Yeah, like the yeah. moment she was like, your friends can stay here. I was like, no! Right. So <laughs> when she says that she needs to get into something more appropriate for the afternoon. I thought um, she was going to like change her bra. Change your clothes. Yeah, like, I'm like, like you need to take your bra off? I get it, sure. Right? She, no, <laughs> no, that's not what she's doing. She brings <laughs> her into, and you get a glimpse of a bedchamber over to the side. I thought but, she was going to, like, take the spikes off her shoulders. Like, I then, didn't think she was going to take her head off her shoulders. So the, they go through this little this little hallway where you see the bedroom off to the right, and then they're <laughs> heading clearly to the left. And you go in, and you see this room full of cabinets, and each cabinet is marked. And once again, this room is replicated exactly from the book. Stop drawers. biting my feet. Like, I, it's exact. And as they're walking through, you see all these heads of all these women that are just kind of hanging out. They're all looking and yeah, they're not talking to one another. They're all in their own cabinets. But. I got a question, and, and it's a little little spoily because we're going to get there. But since we're talking about the heads, I figured I'd bring it up now. The, the, ones, the one that we see later on that's got the two dots that she steals the powder from, is that her original head? Correct. That's what that I is, Okay, that's how I understood it too. I just kind of wanted to verify it because we were on that topic right now. Okay. And it's really quick. Like they say it for two seconds when they talk about that powder. Yeah. Right. So I I would have, yeah, she's the only witchy looking one, I think. That's what I got. Right. From. Okay. And it's got oh. all the extra stuff and stuff. That's what I thought. But yeah. I just, I've only seen it now twice. Once that I really remember. So, like, <laughs> just watch so- as they're walking through the, the all these heads, etc., there is a cabinet at the end of the at the end of the tunnel that is not a cabinet. It looks like it would be a storage cabinet that you would open and put stuff in. Yeah, and that's at the very end of the way the hall is formed. Um, Wait, that's your original head. Don't just throw it in a pantry. 
Well, you don't know that yet. Damn, that's true. Sorry. You don't know that yet. But yes, like her original head lies in there. But she didn't like her head. She she didn't like the way her head looked. And she was super vain. So she never wanted her head. She wanted to look like others. I mean, it does look kind of ugly compared to the rest. Right. She has some real pretty faces in her collection. I won't lie. So she goes and she removes the head in front of Dorothy and puts it away. And after saying, I believe number four will do for this afternoon. And she pulls off her head. and so fucking weird. And you see her just take her head off and go to the other cabinet and open it and then pull off. Warn anyone. She's not like, hey, I'm going to do this real quick. She's just like, bloop, bloop. Off comes her head. And poor Dorothy is like, uh, you're real pretty. <laughs> well, she goes and she pulls head number four out. And while she's holding her head, the head asked her, what do you think? <laughs> she's like, I, I, I think, think you're lovely. Well, I should. Now knowing, too, that you like you can't die in Oz makes a whole lot of sense on how she can just, like, rip other people's heads off and put them on her own body. Like, well, And I think she was using the powder to keep the head conscious and then had turned the bodies to stone, was yeah. what I had gotten from it. Um, well, if you read the books, that's not the case, so oh, that you know. Okay. But, but because the, the, the powder is in book two, and the powder is how they brought Jack Pumpkinhead to life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, see, I took that as it, it's an inanimate object brings to reality, like, makes it reality. Oh, so oh, is that just something she can do? No, the Dome King did it for her. As, oh. as in the very end scene, they talk about where Mombi exchanged her, exchanged her compliance with the Gnome King for 30 beautiful heads. So the Gnome King's magic is what made it happen. Oh, okay. I do remember you, that conversation. So, um, she once again asked her about the Gnome King, and she was like, the Gnome King took the Scarecrow. Uh, the, she asked about the Scarecrow, and she's like, the Gnome King took the Scarecrow and all the emeralds back to his mountain. And then she's continues she's like hard. to really continue with the conversation, and she was like, you're not all, all that... You, you, she's like, you're really not she that pretty, says- but... You, some of the most backhanded <laughs> shit I've ever heard in my life. She was like, and not exactly. She, she she refers to her head. She's like, not exactly pretty, but there is a prettiness about you. And she, she was like, you're not beautiful, understand, but you have a prettiness about you. And I was like, damn. And she's like, I think I, she's like, I think I will lock you in the tower for a few years until your head is ready. Oh and then I believe I'll like take it. Yeah. And Dorothy immediately gets very upset and she's like, I believe you will not. Good on her. For being <laughs> like, I don't on. think so, bitch. Like, I am going to keep my head attached to my own shoulders. Thank you very much. I'm she grabs Dorothy. Dorothy screams, but Lena flies at her and she grabs her and she's like, and I, you I will have cooked up for breakfast. You know what I did appreciate, though, in this scene? That it was very, like, as far as an adult versus a child, it was very realistic. Like, she Uh didn't, like, this adult wasn't, like, kicked in the shin and then, like, ah, you've defeated me. It was She grabs that little girl and then grabs that chicken and marches them away like a parent would. Uh Yeah, and she's pulling her. 
terrified for her for a minute. I was like, and oh, TikTok no. tries to come to her aid as she comes out and he raises his arm and his actions run down and she just laughs and she says the most offhand remark, I'll just tell people I have a new statue. What people? Oh. We're all fucking stones. Wait, wait, that's what I thought too. I was like, tell who? You don't have friends. No so one's she, alive. So she goes over to one of the mirrors and opens the door that's hidden in them. And she drags Dorothy up this very large, scaled stone stairway. That locks her in a Sleeping Beauty tower, pretty much. It, it kind of is. Yeah, that tower is gorgeous. Um, it is cool. anyway, it's got a lot of cool shit in it too. They get like, to the top of the stairs with the ornate doors, and she opens it and she throws her in, throws the chicken in, locks it, and goes humph as she's walking off. She's <laughs> like basically declaration of her herself. <laughs> Her costume makes a lot of noise. noise, so you hear her like like a keychain rattle as she's walking away. And Dorothy is now she in this. Sounds like oh Keller. She sounds like me all through my teen years. Yeah, <laughs> you made so much noise. It's like the chains and five hundred things. I have constant. You could hear me coming from my walk. <laughs> So she um, is now in this room, and it's it's very it's it's. I mean, in fairness, it was supposed to be the Scarecrow's living chambers. Not that you guys would know that. So it was a very, you know, it's it was well. That explains it's, why it's I was a, furnished and shit. It's a furnished room. Yeah, she she's in a furnished room, furnished set of rooms, and um, she's kind of looks out the window and she sees. Hello, Athena. The, the, the mountain in the distance, and she's like the Gnome King's Mountain. She had picked up that from Mombi in the middle of that argument. And yeah. and she kind of she's put very two, insightful two together. She's a little girl. She's intuitive. She catches on. She pays attention. Well, she mentions, too, that on the way home, she flew over everything. So she got like a bird's eye view. So oh, she, yeah, she does. You're right. She hears something in the background, and it's like, and it's a voice like, Mom. And she goes over and she finds Jack Pumpkinhead. And she has to put his head back on and he his head has come off and he's a wooden stick man that had a pumpkin put on top of him. And he's very dear he's one of my favorite characters. He is. He's fully a child. He's a small child. He is. Um he wants her to check his head for spoilage because he's seen so little of the world. And um He's been alive for so little time he doesn't know how long it's earth. And she helps him puts backs together, and he gets to, and he stands up and. The ferret put her on mute. <laughs> oh. She has a, so everybody cat has her ferret playing with her right now, so she, that helps. The ferret put her on mute. <laughs> he was biting my feet, and then he jumped onto my computer. I'm glad. And I'll then he put me on mute. <laughs> <laughs> he put me on mute, and then it was yeah. Anyways. So Jack Pumpkinhead kind of fills her in on uh, she they're they're talking about how long he's been up there and he tells the story about how his mom built him and put him to scare Mombi and it didn't and it work worked. and oh it did work uh, oh it did work and it she, did work for, for a second and then, and then she, she was pissed which yep. is my reaction to scaring me and then he goes she has a terrible rate. temper and she's like yeah i've seen it like yeah but he he explains that he um you know that he was brought to life by some powder of life and um 
Or she, she immediately like, starts plotting. She's like, powder of well, life, not, you say. Well, not not entirely, because she does ask. There is background questions, because she said, well, where did Bombi get all the heads? And he's like, did you see the headless dancing girls outside? Yeah, and so it makes you aware. But Bombi has 30 heads, and the dancing girls, there's six of them. Right. So I we're, that, too. I, we're, I, we're assuming if, it, if it goes... It, well, if you've read... the the book she gets them from other sources so she you're assuming that the gnome king gifted her 30 heads the ones that are most easily relatable are the ones out there but clearly she can harvest heads because she was going to harvest dorothy's so it's not but this is clearly a thing she can do too. whether right. the gnome king made it so she could or whatever right so if she's done with a head does she just take it over to the desert and fling it in there I'm assuming Probably. not, because she keeps them in her cabinets, so she's kind of a head hoarder. People that do that don't get rid of things. Look at my DVDs. Yeah, if she's only allowed to have 30. Oh. I don't know if, like, that's the, I had that question too, though. Like, is she limited so it could, the amount? So it could be this. He guaranteed her 30 beautiful heads. He just gives her the power to do it. And she probably can take advantage as far as she would want. The, the problematic, the problem with this part of the story is that in the book, it's not the Gnome King that gave her the heads. So oh. even though she has the room with the heads, it's not, it didn't come from the Gnome King. So, but they had to gel it. And, the, and those inconsistencies are the gelling. Everything that I I bitch about is the gelling. It's not the. I I accept it because it's so close to the books, right? But, but it's There's those the, little the, plot holes that right, yeah. And and it can be sort of explained in my mind logically if you think okay, probably this. No, I don't like, want to think logically. I hate plot holes. So there's nothing that's blatant that could not be explained. Or, or not torn apart in every little detail like some people do. I'm gonna no plot holes drive me crazy. I'm gonna say this right now. If there's a plot hole in one of my stories, it is there deliberately, and I will fucking fix it. Okay. I'll get back to it later. It's fine. Yep. Fair. So that being said, she was like, she's like, there was a so she inquires to Jack Moore. She's like, there was a powder, and he was like. Yeah, he was like, it's if it's if it's anywhere now, he was like, it's gonna be in cabinet thirty one with her original head. And she was like, Okay, and she kinda of looks around, she's like, I think I have an idea. So she puts together this plan steel powder of life operation for mommy. A real quick plan too. We do get the very classic this time it would have been less classic, but it's a trope that's made fun of a lot now where you like one character is like, okay, and they'll explain the plan to you, and then you cut to the other two characters and they're like, Okay, so did you understand the plan? Yeah. You don't get the plan. We don't know what they discussed or if right. it's logical or not. But you have to just kind of like kind of like so, with the horse joke. You're like, I don't know, okay. Sure. So why thanks not? to Jack's long arms, he can plan as it comes together. Like we never get the plan we learn it as it happened which is yeah, more I mean, fun it almost doesn't work uh-huh yeah it so, doesn't not work yeah so she has jack uses his arms because he's super long to, to unlock the door on the outside and and if you see the character you'll understand how that was possible 
Seriously, and, guys, for people that have not seen the movie, think, you know, the beginning of The Nightmare Before Christmas when he's in the Scarecrow pumpkin head costume. Think that. Literally that. that. Like, and think very that. lanky, long limbs and very thin. Less, yeah, like, less spooky, more childlike, but that's that's what we're talking about. He's a very uh, hard disagree. I, I love creepy, but one of the things about Jack that I love is that they made a pumpkin have expression. Yes! That was impressive. That's what I mean! Jack has more expression than the fucking Scarecrow in this but, movie! Okay, but the Scarecrow is made of a burlap sack. I don't care! Jack has... Uh, but you you can move pumpkin. Like you, there, It's got a softness and hey. a pliability to it. Throw. Stop it! You, you, you gotta admit, he looks exactly like an actual Scarecrow. He does. <laughs> Which is just because he was a person in the first movie, he was actually a scarecrow. So I I feel like I feel like they did it correctly. <laughs> well, and I think this one is correct. It's just so jarring. Like after and especially yeah. being that I saw Wizard of Oz first, seeing the scarecrow in this form, I was like, it wasn't that it didn't make sense. That makes sense. He's a scarecrow. It was still uncomfortable to look at. And yeah. he was identical to the drawings in the book. Which is true, but still. The <laughs> drawings in the book are scary. Which might be why he was creepy to look at, because when you bring drawings into sentient form, they tend to come off a little... Weird. Weird. Unless they were designed that way. Although TikTok is gorgeous. Uh-huh. TikTok turned out good. But I mean, if you look at the drawings, they're identical, but I like the real thing more than the drawing. Really? Yeah. Very much so. His legs are so much cooler in the drawings. Yeah. I'm gonna Google. Keep going. I'm gonna Google. <laughs> <laughs> but even to his Google. facial features. So um so you see them sneak down the stairs and they come out of into the mirror room and she winds up TikTok and she whispers to him to follow Jack up the stairs and he'll explain what's going on. At this point, all the lights are down, everything is quiet. You you assume that Mombi is sleeping, as you rightly should. She goes over into once again where her bedchambers were, and she sleeps without a head. She sleeps without a head, which, is, but which I also find she, super hysterical. But she it's needed the key. Weird. How does she move around without actually being able to like see anything? Well, she sees, but she sees what their heads see. Okay, so she has to utilize what the heads are seeing. <clears throat> Which I think that is why sense? she's so freaking clumsy. Right, because she has to control her body to get to her head. But yeah. we're, we're definitely jumping ahead. Uh, <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Speaking so of jumping she... ahead, we have to pay attention. Huh? Yeah, how far? Hold on. When did we start doing this? 9.15. Okay, we're only an hour in? Really? Yeah, wow. Yeah. We're only an hour That was in? a little bit late. An hour and a half. Remember. We're an hour and a half. Yeah. We're in a pretty good time. Anyway. And we're like well on our way through the movie. So, yeah. Because it's not me leading it. So, <laughs> so she, okay. um, she this needs to get the time, key. Jack. She gets, she needs the ruby key that unlocks the cabinets that Mombi had around her wrist. And while Mombi is sleeping, she sneaks into the bedroom and tries to remove the key without waking her. So, she does get a hold of the key. 
and she brings it in. She goes through the the headroom now. All the heads are sleeping because Mommy's sleeping, yeah. and they're all in very succumb mode. And she, it's very creepy. And she kind of looks and she grabs her neck and she, you know, kind of gulps. She sees cabinet thirty one, and she opens it up. And when she opens it up, she's very startled because the head's super ugly. And she's like, oh, look out. And then she tries well, to grasp herself. It's very disheveled, too. Like like you said, she doesn't like that head. So we have all these beautiful cabinets, display cabinets. And then you open this one, and it's basically junk drawer style, like her magic potions and shit, and also her head. Well, and it's like pushed off to one side, and the skin seemed like it was a little bit gray compared to the other head. It has those two gold dots in it. The hair's all frumpled, like... Yeah, like she's in a, she's not in a good way. <laughs> she's clearly not taking care of the way the other heads are. She doesn't like so that. She's one. she immediately goes on edge, and she sees the powder of life in there, and she reaches over to get it. And when she does, she knocks over a bottle. Uh huh. When the bottle, this part is what scared me as a child. She knocks over the bottle, and she wakes her up. And the original head is like a half an inch from her wrist. Uh huh. And right she wakes up. As she goes, Dorothy Gale, and all of a sudden, all the heads wake up all at the same time, this and they all yell at the same time. This and reminded me of another movie where everything just starts screaming, and I can't for the life of me remember what it is. And it startles her. She grabs the powder of life, and, and she bites at her. So that's her yeah. first reaction. She and it's an appropriate reaction for if you were just ahead yeah. because you have no other source of recoil. Yeah, like I mean, that was a very reasonable response. Yeah, the responses uh, and the reactions in this movie are very like realistic. Yeah, it's very human behavior, which yeah. I felt, which I was like, oh, that's like okay, I could see all of this. I did find it really dry, or, or anything really, even like I know. Hunger Games is like has its own controversies, but even in that, and I know this is not the movie you're thinking of, Keller. It's just the only other one that kind of uses this trope off the top of my head. Anything that's like sensory overload, where shit's just screaming at you, huh. really freaks me out. Yeah, and they do it really well in this, where she does the like Dorothy Gale, and then they all start screaming it, and I'm like, ah, I don't like it. No, it might it might not be screaming, but there's there's it's a mo I can't remember what it is, but like one one noise or one siren or one something goes off and then there's just a multitude of them and they just keep going and going and it gets louder and louder and louder and I don't remember what it is. It's weird, I like I almost feel like I know Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, continue. So she grabs the powder of life and she books it like she runs away in fear. And while she's running out of the head, the, the room with the heads, she comes over and Bombi is getting up off the bed. And of course, she has no head. So she's trying to go toward her heads. Dorothy's there. They bump into each other almost. It, it offsets the the zombie-ish Bombi that she I is mean, at the yeah. moment. And she races out into the the room with the mirrors. Yeah. So while that's going, oh no, she races out into the mirrors. She's looking for her door. The door closed and she can't see where it is. And suddenly she sees a reflection into the mirror, this like light thing. And she goes over and grabs it. Door opens and she runs up the stairs. In the meantime, it jumps back to what they're doing up 
in the room and they're slowly they they grabbed a, a gump's head or for the better sake of us a moose head Dude, the gump it was like what's with the moldy moose and they're like it's a gump and i'm like what moldy moose it's a moldy moose what are you talking about so even when the gump is introduced in the in the in the in the books he has a very much characteristics of a moose for the most yeah. part yeah so and that's actually how the gump is made only it's in book 2 not in book 3 so he <laughs> so once again the land of oz pops back in where they're having to escape the scarecrow's chambers and they have to build a, a thing to do it, and he uses a gump's head with the couch and everything the way they do. They take the couches and they put them together and they tie strings and tie it all together to make it a, a for better it's call, like, a body. Right. And they stick a broom on for a tail and they used um, long, long leafy leaves for... They're palm fronds. Palm, from palms for his wings. Mm. And they... They're building him together, and it's going rather well until TikTok's brain start going down, and he this starts saying the weird things. The yeah, yeah. His, his, you don't really realize his brains are going down, but he's like, "Make chicken fly the coop," and they're like, "Coop, what?" He's yeah, like about tying Jack's feet together. Yeah, it's my casual. feet together. <laughs> so he goes from like, okay, you got that? All right, now you get the rope. All right, now Jack, tie your feet together. And Jack's like, yeah, sure, of course. And he's like, all right, now chickens fly the coop. And, and chicken's <laughs> like, what? So Dorothy bursts into the room and you're hearing shouting coming from the depths of the castle. Because yeah. Mombi is clearly upset. Right. She's like, it's awake! And you see her smash a window, grab her head, her her original head out like this, put it back on. Uh, as I say that, you can't see. I literally, I know. No. What the he literally is. slams her head through the the mirror, pulls up her hair, or the hair on her original head, pulls this it out. Very mean to herself. herself. And her head back. He's carrying it around like an abuser would drag around yes. there. She was Mother. super pissed. Was crazy. Just say she was what? pulling her hair out. Dear, funny. <laughs> So she was like, I'll get you. And you hear her get and Dorothy runs in. She's like, it's not done yet. And they're like, TikTok went berserk. And she's like, she's like, oh, his thoughts run down. She's like, can that happen? She's like, it happens to people all the time. Yeah. I love it. He's like, well, if he can't think, then why is he still talking? And Dorothy's like, that's that happens to people all the time, dude. And I was like, it does though. It it's a very true lie. Like, so she's only you understood. She takes the powder of life and she sprinkles it and nothing happens. And she's like, it's not working. And Jack's like, there must have been words. And she's like, what are the words? And he's like, no. And she's like, you have to remember. He's like, I wasn't alive. I can't remember. I like that. He's like, remember? And she's like, think. And he's like, I don't, what? Like, I wasn't alive yet. What do you want from me, lady? Yeah. So she she looks down and there's words on it to make it work and she's like I don't know these words and Belina's like say them anyway and she's like weog tiog piog and then you hear the the gump now come alive and he goes piog and they kind of jump on and they're like you gotta fly and Mombi enters the room and she's like I'll get you come back with my powder of life and yeah. they. They jump on the gump and they're pushing him toward the window and the window's open and Mombi's right there. So 
she thinks that they're going to crash because they go out the window and they She's go straight down. out the window. She's like ready yeah. to watch him die. She's like, go, go, death to all. And then they and they're like, they you got to fly. He's like, I can't fly. And then all of a sudden he starts to flap and he takes off. And Mombi is super pissed at that. And you get one of the most incredible shots in the movie of them flying away from the tower. Mm-hmm. And that, that shot was used on promotional videotapes even for it. And in the theater, it's it's beautiful. Um, Makes sense. So Mombi immediately goes to the wheelers, and she's like, "Get them, get them!" She's like, "They, they, they flew on the coop." <laughs> but up. She was like, "You have to get them. They've stolen my powder of life, and they're on their way to the Gnome King's." There's, a, I'm missing a piece of that line, but Richard Dorothy used it all on the Gump. And right. she's like, get them. And she's like, make sure you bring back that chicken is the last thing she's found really out. wants to kill that chicken. And we still don't know why. We just know that chickens are bad. So you go up to a conversation with the Gump now, and he's, you know, talking about the last thing he remembers, walking through the forest and hearing a loud bang. And um, now he's flying, you know, flying through. And they said, well, we built you to bring you to the Gnome King's Mountain. And please make sure you just stay straight flying. And he's like, I don't think I could turn around if I wanted to. And it's, you see it kind of settling down, um, even though the wheelers are chasing them. Because then you just get back to Mombi, and Mombi is playing her mandolin with her original head in the middle of the room. And she's talking to the reflection. And she gives you kind of a key piece because she was like, Ozma, nobody knows where you are. Nobody even knows who you are. Right. And it doesn't really explain more than that. But you you see the reflection and you know that the reflection's moving from mirror to mirror and that it is something that is alive. Then you skip back to the wheelers and they're discussing how they could make the gump fly faster. And he was like, he was like, if one of you wants to jump off, and Jack's like, TikTok, you're the heaviest. Like, <laughs> Dude, so innocent, innocently is just so like, rude. Technically, you're the heaviest. And he's just like, fucking fuck you. <laughs> and then you see them start to fly over the deadly desert. And they're like, oh, it's the deadly desert. Well, the wheelers aren't so lucky. And they are chasing them. One of them, them just flops right in. Three of them. Three of them actually fall in. But one of them, they show you up close. And you see him turn to dust. And I think that that is a really, really brilliant way of showing that. Like, I've always appreciated that special effect. Because it it works perfectly. And a little creepy to see. Yeah. It's a little bit terrifying. Then you see them all settling in and that they're going to just fall asleep. And she's like, we should fall asleep and just fly back to Kansas. And she's like, they're having this discussion and Jack wants to know if he can call her mom, because even if it's not so. And Oh, he does that in the castle, but it is very sweet. It is a weird timing, though. He's like, Dorothy's like, we're kind of being sneaky. And he's like, can I call you mom? It's like, not. okay, fine. Fine. Yeah. Yeah, he does mention that she's excited to be tired with her own head. Yes. Um, I'm like, what a weird thing to appreciate. She's glad that she's tired with her own head, yep. So, it it continues on, well, it opens up to the next morning, and all of a sudden chaos is, is, and Dorothy's waking up to 
the gump falling apart. Right. I mean, he had said a couple times, he's like, I'm not really meant this. To fly, yeah. Not well built. This shit's not going to go good for long. And they're trying to stabilize him, and Jack looks over the edge, and he loses his head, and then Dorothy wants the gump to go save him. And he's like, I'm not built to do this. Right. I don't turn. What are you talking about? She's like, hi. And you see this whole segment of them trying to rescue Jack in midair while there's all this chaos going on, which eventually leads to the gump falling apart and then falling. Um, this is the second time Dorothy is like weirdly forgiving for a child in a stressful mm-hmm. situation where he's like, sorry, mom. And she's like, it's okay. It can't be helped. And the same thing happened with TikTok. He's like, I'm sorry, my thing ran down. And she's like, it's okay. It can't be helped. He's a massive child. Then as they're falling apart, the gump is like, I know. He's like, if if I had a stomach, I know I'd be sick. I love that line. Right, yeah. Well, instead of falling into the desert. He doesn't want to be alive. Are you guys getting that vibe, too? Like, he's not happy about this. He's not happy with this. No, his second life, he's not okay with it. Yeah, they're like, give him legs, and he's like, ugh, fine. <laughs> it's like, he's so mad about it. He's just like, just put me back on the wall and let me be. Like, well, yeah, he, The problem is, is he was used to having an actual body. Right. <laughs> Poor guy. <clears throat> the interesting thing about there, too, though, is that L. Frank Baum made it so that nobody dies in Oz. But because the Gump, we're assuming, must have died in one of the neighboring kingdoms. And there are seven or eight kingdoms that are on the other side of the Deadly Desert that you don't know about. But that's the, always been the assumption, even from when they introduced him. So he probably got killed over there. over there and then transported over? Right. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Poor thing. No. So, um, <laughs> so they land, they've flown just far enough so that they land on the Gnome King's Mountain and not... The desert, which is huge. And they're talking about, oh, the Gnome King, blah, 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 blah. Well, then they switch back to Mombi, who's very furious at her help for not catching them. And says she hooks them up to harnesses and she uses them to cart her through a tunnel that's built under the deadly desert to the Gnome King's mountain because she feels she now has to warn him of what's happening. Very much so. (laughs) This is just like, all right, slaves, mush. I know. I'm like, wow. All right. There's a reason why they were afraid of her. So in so in the meantime, you get those little gnome guys back again, and they're like, "Your Majesty, she's here on our mountain." Blah blah blah. And he once again reasks her army. He's he's like, "Is there is there any sign of the?" And they're like, "No, there's no sign of the chicken." So he goes up, and he actually talks to her and even though she can't see it we can um he becomes a face within the mountain top and you know she had converses with him and says that she's there with her army to make him give back the scarecrow and he starts laughing at this and he opens up his his mountain top it literally opens up and she falls through the ground and as she's falling through, he's showing her about all of his diamonds and gems that his gnomes make for them, and his reasoning that that the emeralds in the Emerald City belonged to him and they were stolen from him and that they should be given back. Yeah. I mean, his logic's not wrong. 
Well, and nope. she herself said he was like, so you think if shit gets stolen, you're supposed to give it back. Giving back. She's like, she's yeah, absolutely. And he's with... like, all right, sit down. I got a story to tell you. Yeah. And she she tries to reason to him. And she's like, but they were already there when he became king. It's not the Scarecrow's fault. So <laughs> she she comes he isn't wrong either. And she even makes the comment as she's following through his dominions that he has so much. And he was like, that's not the point. The point is, is that it was mine. Right. It was. It so was she, like, you have so much. He's like, beg pardon. Like, so so she comes, she comes scooting into the throne room because of the fall. She comes swooping down and landing and slides right across the floor, immediately bumps into the scarecrow. And you have this brief yeah. interaction where she goes, scarecrow. And he goes, Dorothy. And he disappears. Yep. And the Gnome King uh, tells her that he had been meaning to make him a piece for his ornament rooms for quite some time. Etc. And Dorothy is for a while. And Dorothy gets very upset and she goes yeah. over and she looks like she's gonna hit him and he vanishes into the wall and she's just sobbing and she was like, They were but the emeralds were already there. They were there when he became king. And she keeps repeating herself because she thinks that's gonna help. And the next thing you know, the well, Gnome she King has a little a helpless for a while. Like I think this is the first time we actually see her act like a child where she just kind yeah. of yeah. starts crying and doesn't know what else to do. So the Dome King's hand comes out, and he's like, he his hand comes out of the wall. He's like, poor, poor Dorothy Gale from Kansas. <laughs> they keep calling her her full title, yeah. which I find yeah. super funny. And he was like, all is not lost. He was like, maybe we could play a game. If he's like, are you willing <laughs> okay, to risk Jigsaw. something? <laughs> She's like, yeah, sure. Creature. So he brings all of her friends in the same way she did, without the tour. Sounds, and he was like well he was like I will let you all into my ornament room so you can have three guesses to see if you can figure you know, out find, figure out which one the scarecrow is they don't ask about the consequences or the rules of the game they just know the setup which is also so, a good point like he was like I don't tell you the rule you didn't ask for them you just were like okay so okay Exactly. It has been. So, one by one, they start going into the ornament room. Well, the, the first one goes in, and they're guessing. All of a sudden, you see this bolt of lightning, and the room goes dark. And you notice that the Gnome King becomes looks more like a person. Yeah, that. I caught on real quick and was like, oh no. Yeah, yeah. mummy. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. by doing by doing the game the way he's doing, he is essentially collecting souls, so that he yeah. can become so that he can become a human. And Ooh, if he turns them into, real. if he just turns them into an ornament, he doesn't get that effect. If he does it this way, he he does. Oh, yeah. I didn't put that together. Um, I I put that together from the making of books. Oh, right because on. yeah, um, because this is not in the book. the The whole ornament collection and all of that is him stealing the souls. Is not. Oh. So yeah, the the that aspect of it is not in the book. So it's just one of those liberties. I think literally Walter Murdoch was Murch Murdoch. Walter Murch was like, "How can I make this more creepy? Is <laughs> going to upset people further? We've already gotten pretty far so far." Right. <laughs> He did so, a good um, job. 
she, you know, Dorothy's like, well, what do you, he's like, well, he's now part of my ornaments. He's become a thing. And she's like, but that's not fair. You didn't tell us. And he's like, well, you didn't ask and you were willing to risk something. He's like, well, maybe instead you'd like to visit like, my fiery furnace. <laughs> you said you wanted to sacrifice something and then didn't ask what you were going to sacrifice. Right. It sucks to suck. It will, and um, these are things. This is an actual life lesson that they, the weird random segue and ran and rehab. They had a similar thing where we played a game, and the game was the person came up to the front and they were like, Okay, I make the rules. Do you all agree? And our dumbasses are like, All right, fine. And then she starts making up rules that make it impossible to win the game. And by the end of it, she's like, you, none of you asked why I'm the one who gets to make the rules. Y'all just fucking agreed to it, and it got you into some bullshit. See how that works? I was like, oh, they used the same lesson here. It tracks through all ages. <laughs> Although, being in the early 1900s, it, it made it first. Yeah, well, that's why I was saying, I was like, oh, credit to you guys. Um, still, that's still valid. Yes, and, and, and that is part of the book. The game, the game, the whole thing is part of the book and the rules and the. Um, <coughs> so Gump is gone at this point. I never actually said Poor it was Gump. the Gump that went in first. Um, Jack Pumpkinhead is next. Now, one thing we didn't discuss, and I almost didn't deliberately discuss it yet, because Dorothy had hid Belina inside Jack's Jack's pumpkin, which is why. Nobody could see her. So she whispers something to Belina and Jack goes in and next thing you know, he's an ornament. Then it's TikTok. Um, and she winds up his thought process, but she does not wind up his, his action. And that becomes important. Because well, she does wind up his action no. and then he's like pretends later and was like, I used my thought process to think he a trick. Pretend no, no. you're winding me up. I'm I'm pretty sure she wound up his thoughts because she tells the gnome king when he goes to to stall she's like I wound up his thoughts I never thought to wind up his action she was like I'll have to go because he was like your your friend is stopped I'll guessing I'll have to rewatch it oh, she, I she was, does I wind thought up it was that thought. he had stopped moving and she was like yeah. I don't know I thought I wound him up enough but no she like, said we'll that we'll go in and find out. Yeah, her 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 actual line is, I rem I remember to wind up his thoughts. I didn't think to wind up his action, and I think he came to that conclusion too because his thoughts were so well tight. Right. So his idea was to get her in there so that she would see what maybe he would turn into if he guessed wrong. And that was pretty clever. But before she goes, just goes in because he's like, you can go in and wind him up and stay and guess for yourself, or. And he reveals that he has the ruby slippers. I can send you home. I love his reveal. He's like, or he's wearing them. Side. He's like, look what I have. <laughs> and she's like, my ruby slippers. And he's like, no, my ruby slippers. They just fell they out of the sky one day. Yeah. <laughs> Very fair. Finders keepers. That shit's his. <laughs> and he tells her that she can send her home and she'll never think about Oz again. Once again, reverting back to the doctor taking away her memories. Uh -huh. And him being the doctor. Because at this point, he's almost completely human, and you can see his form coming through. Yep. Run away! So, she goes in and determined that she's going to go and wind him up, and she doesn't take him up on his offer. And in the meantime, you see um, 
Mombi arrive to the gates of the Gnome Castle, and she says, tell them I'm here, tell them it's important. And the gnomes are off to tell the Gnome King. So Dorothy is now in there. TikTok explains to her what he's done. She pretends to wind up his his action because he's still okay. He was like he he thinks that there's something wrong with his mechanical features because his guesswork's not thinking correctly. He reaches out, touches an object, the lights go off, come back on, and he's gone. She pissed uh, Dorothy pissed me off with this whole segment. There's no critical thinking at all in this child. TikTok has critical thinking, though, because he's like, I'm going to pick something and you're going to see what I turn into. And then by that process of elimination, you're going to be able to figure out what things are. At this point, she's probably, especially considering she's a 13 year old and she's felt somewhat empowered because she's beaten all these obstacles and she's had all help to do it. All of her help is gone. She's now just herself. And at this point, it feels like the whole world is probably crashing down on her. Okay, I guess I guess we'll give her that's that. A, that's Still, a I was just watching this entire thing. time. We were watching this at the house the other night. I was just thinking to myself the entire time. I'm like, you're so like, why? Why are you doing this? Like, why are you being this way? Like, she just closes her eyes and spins in a circle and puts her arms out and just guesses. Like, really? She she runs with child logic. Fate will lead yeah. me. I mean, her it's first guess like, is not. Right. She touches an object and nothing happens, and then she's like, oh shit, maybe I need to put any kind of thought into this. And, like, as she's looking around, um, Princess Mommy comes comes into the room, and the Gnome King toys with her while she's telling him that Dorothy is... And the other thing that bugs me is Mommy's sentence about she's stolen some valuable antiques and is headed this way. She called the sofas valuable antiques in a world where there is no antiques. The line For is value. Terrible. There's no monetary value There's in this world. None. No. And it's very yeah. like that it it, that is that does take you out of it. Yeah. I, I dislike that conversation. But it does give the gnome king exchange. She said stealing specifically because that seems to be his weird trigger. I think is that's why she was like, they stole valuable things from me. But I don't know why she used the word valuable because there's no such thing as monetary value in this world. Or the word like valuable antiques. Like, you and give, antiques, yeah, you're yeah. right. I, I think those like, I think those two words don't mean much in Oz. Yeah. But it does give him a chance to say that he already knew and that she was already there and that uh, he's been turning them into ornaments. He's, he's almost kind completely of a human. Yeah. And he's like, and soon I'll be completely human. So you get that gest- that that idea that he's taking the souls, explaining it for the people as well who did read the books that don't understand what's going on either, because that's very not in the books. So they have two groups to explain it to. So they use that portion to do it. Then you see Dor- it goes switches back to Dorothy, and Dorothy is now she's up to her final guess and. She's finally like, I don't know what to do, and I no longer. So she spins in a circle, closes her eyes, walks forward. Good logic all the way. Opens her eyes, has her hand on something like weird, looks down, and she sees a solitary emerald of mm-hmm. this emerald square. And suddenly it clicks in her head that that's 
pro- that would make logical sense. Yep. So she grabs it, says Oz, and there was the scarecrow. And she was like, people from Oz must be turned into green. She was like, we have to find green things. And he's like, green, 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 green. Yep. Which is, I like, often say I get, that line. Yeah. I get that the troll king is like displaying weird displays of hoarder, hoarding disorder. What a weird tacky color of items to just have scattered around your house. Right. Emeralds, beautiful. Emerald so, green as a color, like for a vase. So in the books, they were looking for purple ornaments because they were looking for the family of Ev, and oh. Ev was purple. And it was oh. Belina that cracked it, not Dorothy. They had the oh. chicken figure it out? That's uh-huh. amazing. I like that better almost. Yeah. At some point, you should read that book because it's my favorite book of the whole series. Awesome. Um, but, you know, for what they had, they still, people from Ev turned into purple, people from Oz turned into green. They got rid of the Ev concept completely and they went right with purple. So, um, super fascinating switch up there, but. So you get, and on another fun note, because I like to say green, 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 green occasionally, I also love to use the term pick me up, pick me up. And that came from TikTok because he calls yeah. me, anytime he tips over, he goes, pick me up. Yeah. I love it. That, I made, love that, that made me giggle too. <laughs> yeah. And I have, and if I if I fall or I trip or I somewhere on on the ground you know, doing something, it'll be like, pick me up, pick me up. Just <laughs> so as they start to get it, the Gnome King suddenly starts to look panicked and he starts to lose his humanity and he gets really irritated at Mombi at this point. And he was like, I'm going to deal with you later. And he puts her in a cage. He just waves his hand, it pops up a cage, and he goes back toward the ornament rooms. And he's demanding stop, and Dorothy's like, well, I don't understand. You told me we could pick. He's like, I'm done with games. I'm done with all of you. And at this point... Right after he says it, she pulls Jack back up. She she gets him rescued. She's already rescued the gump and the scarecrow. Um, She has not found TikTok yet. And he was like, I'm going to get rid of you. The gump is going to go first. And he starts to pull on the gump's body. And they manage to get the head off. And he eats the whole couch. So now you're under the the the, the impression that he's going to eat impression. them all. Yeah. He's just done. So they start running. And he yells for his gnomes. And all these gnomes come out of the walls. Like, it's super, super creepy. It's, um, it's very upsetting. Stop motion animation. So they definitely feels surrounded and then he grabs Jack Pumpkinhead and with all his muster and he's going to eat him and he turns him upside down and his lid so comes scary. off and all of a sudden you hear Belina clucking and you see his eyes suddenly hit a panic and you see her head duck out and then you see an egg rolling around and around yeah. inside the and the egg falls down his throat and he immediately puts Jack down because he's like Eggs. Don't you know that eggs are poisonous? And he's like, poison indeed. And he's like, poisonous to gnomes. And his shutdown is almost immediate and the reaction's almost immediate. You see his eyes crystallize, uh-huh. which is also no. super cool. And all the other little gnomes are like, poison, poison, poison. And they all are just vanishing. Well, yeah. as he's crumbling, 
um, he's his fiery inferno apparently gets away from him too, because it's fire and crumbling rocks, and his world just crashes down around him. And everybody's like, "Oh shit!" Because without the gnome king, the whole kingdom starts to shake, yep. and you know all these big arches that are in the ornament he rooms are, are falling, and he becomes a pile of rubble. Well, in the rubble, Dorothy sees the pair of ruby slippers. So she's as things are shaking and and just being destroyed. She does the best wrap up she can in her wording, and she's like, "I want." all of us from Oz to return there safely and for the Emerald City to be returned to life. And she clicks her heels and you see them flash out of there. Mm -hmm. They all flash into a field and you see scenes inside the Emerald City. You see the woman reading that was reading the book as a statue come to life. And then you see the, the, the girls dancing, the dance returns and all their heads go flash back. Yeah. You see the, the dark so you see the tin man girl. and the wood man. I think you, Are you trying to get my attention? And then they do a big shot yeah. from behind, and you see all the emerald lights go back into the castle as the emeralds are returned. Yeah, everything goes back back to the way it was. Now, when they appear in the field, Mombi also appears with them. Yeah, and then, they, and then they start lamenting that TikTok wasn't with them, and. Once again, Dorothy was very specific on how she ordered it and or, or placed her spell. And on the Gump's antler, there's a little metal that is green. And she says, Oz and TikTok is back. And he's you. very surprised he has no memory of it. Yay. So this he's leads... just like, I don't know. I guess I'm fine. Come here. So this now <laughs> leads into the celebration of, of things going back to normal. Puppers. Like, it goes right into the main room of the Emerald City, and they're all celebrating the the group of heroes. So you have all the new friends and the old friends mixed in. Dorothy comes in riding on Cowardly Lion. Yes. You have the Scarecrow and the Tin Man walking in the distance, and Jack Pumpkinhead. And amongst the amongst these people, you also have the Frogman and Johnny Jump Up and Polychrome, the Rainbow's daughter, and you have um, the Shaggy Man and there's just loads of characters that are all packed into this room that unless you're an Ozophile, you wouldn't know it. I have no idea who any of these people if are. If you are an Ozophile, you get this fun little Easter egg hunch all of a sudden. Correct. I'm not, but I hear it's great. So they all this all leads up to where the throne room is, and Dorothy tells them that she has to leave, and they all want her to be queen. And she is still wearing the ruby slippers, and she's like, I wish there was a way for me to be in both places at the same time. Now, how that actually works into what she wished for and what happens is that all I of a sudden... I was very she... confused. Because yeah. I was like, That's... but this little girl existed before you. It's not like she's your counterpart. So the little girl that was lost in the river suddenly materializes with inside the mirror. And she's dressed in quite fine clothing with the Oz. traditional Oz crown and the long dress, etc. Very pretty. And she sees her and she's like, I thought you drowned. And she says, help me step through the mirror, Dorothy. And that's also a cool effect. Watching her walk through the mirror. Uh Uh-huh. I agree. And it comes down to where the the girls that were Mombi's heads 
now have mom be in a cage in amongst the crowds. Which I thought was like beautiful, jading her through you the crowd. Bitch, you used our heads. Fuck you. We're walking you to your doom. And they are the ones to explain what happened. She was like, she's Ozma, royal rightful ruler of Oz. Her father was king of Oz before the wizard came. He took him to Mombi, and she enchanted him, um, etc. <laughs> so that was how that all. And then Jack realizes that Ozma is his, is his mom. She's the one yeah. that created him, which is factual to the storyline. Yeah. Um, and then she tells. So once she. They they agree that they've taken Mombi's powers away and a witch with no powers. A not miserable a creature, creature indeed. indeed. No. <laughs> and, she's, um, I love that they cut to the witch and she's like, that's a fact. Yeah. <laughs> Mumble yeah, bubble. And then she agrees to send Dorothy home with the stipulation that she'll check in on her time to time. And if she ever wants to come back, she will bring her back. It's almost exactly. said like it's a really serious, like you can't jump back and forth anymore. You gotta pick. But right. Call, call, it's like a labyrinth thing. Just call us and we'll come. Now, one yeah. thing that they did in the book was that Dorothy would give a symbol, something with oh. her hands, so yeah. that Ozma knew she needed to come back. And that Ozma would check on her every day. So every day at oh. 2 o'clock, if she needed to come, she would give the symbol and Ozma would pull her there. And oh, that wasn't like discussed. That. No, it Just, wasn't. It wasn't discussed. Um, I guess they felt that they didn't need to at the minute. So I wonder if they felt like the, uh, the symbol. It's almost like the the randomization of it happening when it needs to. Kind of like the same thing with Narnia. How you fall into Narnia when you need it. Yeah. Um, it's almost like they were kind of trying to keep that trope. Because it sounds like in the books, Dorothy has control over going to Odd. Like, this, she gets checked she on every that. day, and she can just go there. There is a lot more control. And, and probably once we're done here, I'll go into more definition of what some of those changes are. Well, but she is saying goodbye to everybody, and then everything starts to fade. And she, next thing you know, she's waking up in Kansas with Toto licking her face. And they find her. They said that they've been looking for her for days and she's in a mess and in a riverbed and, you know, all muddy. And they put a towel around her and explain that the, you know, that the, the place asylum had been hit by lightning and had burned down and caught fire. And mm. everybody was saved except for Dr. Wooly, who ran back in to save his machines, save his and machines. He died, which would also be why he died in the fire. And you see the nurse as she's being hauled away in a cage and you very clearly realize that she's Mombi and Dorsey yeah. does the double take. Um, and then they're back to the farmhouse and I guess the, Uncle Henry is so excited over having them back it seems to have restored his faith in humanity and he starts building on the house again and she has her own room. She yeah. briefly gets to see Ozma and Belina in the mirror because Belina refused to come back. And yeah, well, Polina's fully world. dead. Threat of yeah. death, like, like she's coming back to an open bucket funeral. What are you going to say? Seriously, like, I don't blame her. <laughs> they cremate her half original, half extra crispy. Oh, oh, Richard. So Aunt oh, M comes Jesus. up and she's talking as she sees Osmond in the mirror, and she had flipped the mirror up so Aunt M wouldn't see her. 
tells her to put the mirror straight, Ozma's gone, and Dorothy runs outside to play, and that really brings us to the end of the film. It does, actually, because the credits roll is she's outside playing with Toto. Yep. It does. Here's the last dark thing that, like, struck me, though. So Dorothy has been through this thing where she has been considered by their standards mentally ill, went to a sanitarium, almost got admitted, sanitarium burns down. We're a, we're going with she lived. Fine. And then at the end, she sees Osmond in the mirror and she's like, oh, my God, I can prove it now. I am. And uh, Princess Osmond goes, Shh, no, because you're supposed to hide your crazy. And that I found really upsetting. That's the like, 1900s way of thinking. I was like, oh, you no, hide your she's crazy. fully you still hide your delusional. Crazy. Yeah. You, you don't know, like, even the wealthiest families, if, you know, you don't show crazy. That is the last thing you do. Yeah, you, you don't want to be those people. So I was a little bit like, oh, that's sad. Stata, that's a sad, very real but like, what uh, it does help is that Dorothy now knows in her head that she's not going crazy and that yeah, she, she is able to. Right. Yeah. And, and a lot of those questions have been answered and therefore should cease the bad dreams. And Em and Uncle Henry are probably just really relieved to have her back and she doesn't have to lament on a lot of this anymore because she's worked through it. Yeah. She got a lot of closure out of the situation, which is what's yes. important and what she needed, I guess. Mm-hmm. So Yay. now, yay! All in all, it was a really fun ride. Honestly, really I'm was. glad I watched it. Um, can I read a two second crazy little excerpt I found while I was? Oh no! Okay. Okay. Bellevue Psych Ward in New York, New York. Uh, in 1955, Dr. Bender was appointed principal research scientist of child psychology, child psychology, a new post in the state of mental hygiene department. The same year, she received the Adolf Meyer Award for her contributions. Now, she claimed, I have personally evaluated, um, she herself claimed that they were uh, practically all successful. All these shock therapy and children were practically all successful. Practically. Someone else, another doctor, yeah, practically, w said, I've personally evaluated carefully two of Bender's cases, two adults who used electroshock therapy as children. They have not shown success, and one is now a convicted murderer of three. <laughs> So success depends on the person talking about it, I guess. She ended up treating 98 children in, Bell in Bellevue Hospital in New York, and almost none of them were success rates. They all came out with very – a couple of them came out a little better because they did have legitimate issues. Right. Um, but for the most part, she just, like, messed up 88 children with her degree. And when I was like Princess Mumbai and that female, I was like, I wonder. So I thought that was an interesting parallel. Yeah. Very much so. So okay. in in the original books that you see the kingdom of Ev and Oz are separate. The Princess Langwider is Princess Mombi. Mombi's character is from book two. She Recently on Jeopardy, there was a young woman who kept winning for a good streak of time, whose name was Amy. 
she um or she she was the first winning transvestite and she had a tattoo of ozma on her because they give credit to being one of the very first appearances of a transgender characters in the oz books if you want to consider it because when (coughs) when the the king of oz took his daughter um I I'm not sure because my memory now fades. I don't know if he took her there or if she was kidnapped. Either way, Mombi got a hold of the King of Oz's daughter, transformed her into a boy, so that they oh. would never yeah a boy named Tip. Tip didn't like Mombi, didn't get along with her, and she was a, a rather mean literal witch. She I mean she was a witch. He created Jack Pumpkinhead to scare the shit out of her. She came around. She just gotten some magic powder from a wicked magician she tested it out and brought Jack Pumpkinhead to life and that after she locked Tip up in a, in a shed outside for doing it the pumpkin helps Tip escape and they go uh, They run. his main goal is to run away from her which is well, and super they do fair. mention they do have that story they just don't mention do. the switching and of course, uh, that story—the um, you know—the scarecrow is in threat of losing the power of the Emerald City because there is a young lady from the Gilligan country who is very sick of the women not being in power, and she creates a, an army of of girls, and they take their knitting needles and they go and they take what the fuck? they take a, an army of girls with knitting needles to take over the Emerald City, and that's how they take power away from the scarecrow, and they escape from the Scarecrow's Chambers by using a gump and the Powder of Life, and it kind of rolls over. In the end, Tip is turned from a boy back into his original form, which is a female, and is Princess Ozma, and she takes her rightful place on the throne. Oh. So then you have Dorothy returning to Oz in book three, and she comes, she ends up in Ev, where she meets Princess Langwider, who has lots of heads, and the family of Ev has been taken, kidnapped by the Gnome King. And she finds TikTok and the Wheelers and all of that in Ev. Um, Some she, women give head. She has them. <laughs> um, at that point, that? I can't help but think of Ozma has a magic carpet that rolls out for her entourage. They visit Ev to try to help save the royal family. You and need then, to read this book, Cat. What? It's silence? Is that what it says? Yes. It's a 13th century French book. And Richard, you too. It's uh, literally about a a transgender knight. Interesting. You don't have to tell me. Ew! PDA! Anyways, we can talk about it. Then we went to Mr. Ed. Anyway, silence, silence Usually I make people pay for it. Okay. So Ozma and her entourage have come to Ev to help find the royal family. That's how they, they she meets Dorothy and they going together to go to find the Gnome King. The Gnome King is a round little guy who has more after Ev than Oz. Um, oh. he, he has a magic belt that allows him to do things. And that's how he turns people into oh. ornaments. Oh, 
and that, they are see, that sounds predatory too Come they are allergic, girl, I have a magic belt. They are allergic to chickens still. So after the whole thing and they run away from the gnome king, they don't he doesn't die from them, but they're poisonous. So they're I want to know where they got them. that. I'm gonna read through my gnome book and see if that's a thing. But Man, I want to know where he got that. Yes, I have a gnome book. I also have a fairy book. So Ozma steals his magic belt, like they take it under duress, like they conquer him, take his magic belt, take the people from Ev, send them back. And Ozma uses the magic belt to bring Dorothy to and fro. She I mean, also has his magic pitcher, which the magic pitcher allows them to see anything that's going I'll on anywhere in the world. So there's like a lot of inconsistencies. The tunnel under the desert comes from book six when the Gnome King decides he wants to take over the Emerald City and builds a tunnel. He's a reoccurring villain. And, oh. and he oh. builds a tunnel under the desert so that he can go attack them. That's really good book too. So there are more technical aspects. This is just a, a, a watered down version, but so much better than the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, they did. Highly. It sounds like he did really good, kind of like strategically trying to put the legitimate things in there and still really working to kind of make it work. Hi, baby. Have fun. Tell Joe that um, murder is wrong, even if you're justified. Right. So they have like they're they're like I feel like it is a good a good meshing of he wanted to to keep the movie fans happy. He really wanted to do a tribute to the book and keep the readers happy, and this was the best way he could. And like I said, the movie got panned by critics because it's not the Wizard of Oz. But I think in this movie, though, it might have been for the fans. So maybe to hell with the critics a little bit. Like, like, it sounds like he was doing something for himself and for the fans of this world. It has a cult following, a very large cult following. Like, so, yeah. And this movie, uh, once again, one of my first book series that I got to really start reading on my own were the, were the Oz books. I got my first one in second grade and I proceeded Some heavy to reading. read all right. of them. Um, I absolutely read all of them. It was ping, 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 ping. So I oh, could, I, that makes me happy for you, though. It, it was super wonderful. And even today, I still like I still have them all. Um, they're, oh, I, that's I, like me with my Shel Silverstein books. You just have exactly. them, and you keep them, and you love them. I've read them here. I, I'll pick them up here and there and read them, but I don't have as much. Honestly, I haven't picked them up probably in five years, if not yeah, much longer. Yeah, it's almost just my like when I was younger, because when I moved to Florida, I had to get rid of all of my stuff. <gasps> I yeah. forgot about yep. that. Yep. Oh. So, I don't have any of my stuff from my childhood. No, you are going to sit here and you're going to let me love you. Except my misdirected affection. No! He's purring. Uh, the ironic cat. part is, the ironic part, he's purring. Uh. <laughs> he passive aggressively loves you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you have to let go when they hiss at you, you brat. So, oh guys, I'm glad that you guys enjoyed this trip down the Yellow Brick Road. I. Uh, oh, this was great. This was a fun time, actually, <laughs> and I have I had a lot of fun watching it. My, oh, I did my, too, despite my, my panic attack. Despite the the. Did real you look up that picture of TikTok? I did. What did you think? I like. I kind of. You know, they did really fucking good with TikTok, though. They did, with, like, except for the legs. The legs are different. The legs are weird, but you wouldn't have been able to get him to move. Right. Right. He's design. very top heavy. He's very top heavy. 
He's but all of the details that were drawn into him are all there. All there. Like his facial yeah. and everything. But it looks so much better on the real thing. I'm also yeah. looking at like TikTok from Re Return to Oz behind the scenes and looking at this poor man who is squished, squished into this Upside metal. down for hours. <laughs> for oh, hours. He this died. Poor he, guy. He died at a relatively young age. I oh, I almost oh. want to say it was from AIDS. I don't know that, that that's the fact, though. I, I was reading something about it. so That would be an interesting thing to look into. But, like, oh, he worked so hard to do it. And the photos are just whimsical and hilarious. With him all folded into TikTok's lower part. It's pretty funny. I don't know. This was a fun movie to revisit for my birthday. Like, there's so many movies I wanted to do. It's super hard to narrow it down. And for the most part, like, I didn't take a single note on this film. And for no, the most he part, sat here I... and made fun of me and played on his phone. Yep. But I've also <laughs> seen this movie many, 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 many times. And even doing it this way, I think there was what, what, two small hiccups and nothing major. Yeah, we made it through just fine, and I that's why they're, you know, three brains make a whole thank you part sometimes. <laughs> but yes, I do do love this movie. It's one of my favorites. It is available from Disney Movie Club on, on Blu-ray. It is available it is on itself. DVD. Uh -huh. um, the DVD Disney is... Plus? The, and the original... Uh, yeah, it probably is on Disney Plus. I haven't actually... Well, that's just where it. I watched it. Oh, okay, oh. so it is. And, um, of course, the best version that I've loved the most, and that's mainly because of the artwork, is the Anchor Bay edition from, like, 1998, 99. Um, but, yes, um, excellent, excellent movie. And Dude, just yeah, try thank it. you for you having us watch this. I'm so glad this is under my belt now. I've heard it referenced because, like you said, it has become such cult. an adored cult yeah. classic. Um, you either love it, it or you hate it. <laughs> yeah, and it gets yeah. referenced in pop culture all the fucking time. So really, you should just, like, in general, people should have this under their belt as something they've watched as a pinnacle of cinematic. It's progress. like Princess Bride. You need to watch it. Whether you love it or hate it in the end, because it gets referenced, you need to watch it. Yeah, like you should just, to exist in the world, what are you doing with your life? So I'm really glad. Thank you, Richard. This was a How great pick. not like The Princess Bride? I don't know. I have met people. That's inconceivable. <laughs> inconceivable. <laughs> inconceivable. Dude, so much spit threw out of that dude's mouth that whole movie. That whole movie. Absolutely. <laughs> it's just spit flying everywhere from that I character. I can't wait till we get to the Princess Bride. I can't wait. <laughs> All right, guys. So Stop next crying. week is our Oscar discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm very excited. I have now seen nine of the ten nominees. I only really? have one Damn, left. Damn, you're efficient. I have to. I have to order Apple Plus to get the last one. There's no other way to do it. Um, but I this year I've outdone myself because I will once I see this this tenth movie I will have seen all the best pictures, all the best actors, all the best actresses, all the best supporting actors, all the best supporting actresses, all the best animated film. Um, which is that is a hey, lot of awards. Do? To see we them. don't know yet. Never mind. I've seen four of the five animated films. <laughs> which one haven't you seen? I don't remember. Of the flea fleas or whatever. That is very powerful. Is it? It, it is not. Flea? It's not a kids movie. Oh, it's really? about a movie about a guy 
trying to get out of Saudi Arabia. Oh. And he's also gay. And oh. it was during, and it was in the eighties. And he goes from like Saudi Arabia to Russia to I think it's Poland back to Russia. He gets bounced all over the place. It is it was a tremendous movie. Where where can I find it? Um Is it on so it's probably too it's gotta be, too oh, okay. shit no, like that. It, so it was it had to have been easy access to, for me. So right. it had to have been Amazon or <laughs> Netflix or Dis- it's not Disney Plus. It might have oh. been Hulu. Amazon, Netflix, or Hulu. Um I have it written downstairs on a piece of paper where right, you'll have to let found. me know. But it is it is impressive. Is it? Yeah. My goal is by next week to have watched all the short documentary films, so that will be the the stance I'm picking. Which is huge because I never get to see them. Oh, and if you will come up with an idea of who you think will be the winner, because I kind of want that when I go to to make my own bid. Because we oh, bid okay. on that, like like I I print out the Oscar sheets and we. Oh, and you guys like bet and shit. That's so fun. Well, that's what I usually do. Parties. I'm surprised you're not going to come down. It's nice weather. I plan on making it. Down. Well, when is when are the Oscars? Next, next week. Week from Sunday. 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 Yeah, uh-huh. next Sunday. Not uh, this Sunday. Next. Uh, next yeah. Week. Oh, that's next what week. we were talking about. Is maybe me yeah. fucking managing to sneak my way down. The- like Sunday is the day I have free, so it would be. Right. If I was going to come down, we could do like a. Would have to be on Sunday. I kind of want to plan it if I can. Yeah, really. That's do. something we can talk of because we're still recording, so that's something we can talk about when we're done. Recording. That's super <gasps> true. And then I can get a bunch of Patreon content. People, yeah. go to Patreon. It's set up. There's not a lot of content on Patreon. We made a Patreon. Go you give us money. It. We will. I will link it. I'll link it both on that. Shut. Hey, I'm <laughs> <Stay> talking. <laughs> Rude. The parakeets do not care. Hey, I think my Patreon is Apparently my cat is very happy. He is. He's very happy with you right now. He is purring. He's not going to be happy with me in two days. He's, oh, he's no. All no. Of the lo- he is, he's plotting your death because he knows Scanlan's on his way. That's true. Getting a new puppy. Mm-hmm. It's going to be adorable, though. Oh, oh. It's so oh, freaking You mentioned him, guys. and Dory is like, nope. I'm, uh, I'm sorry, Dorian. <laughs> That's the other thing. Go to our Patreon. There will be things on there for those of you listening. I'm going to rattle this off quick. I'm going to try to start posting like little things about our personal lives. You'll get to like meet our pets, find out personal thoughts and feelings about. I'm going to try to drag Keller into talking about being an author. I'm going to try to gra- drag Richard into talking about um, his journey through becoming someone who collects movies on a mass scale guys he walked me through his collection on the phone i can't even like i need to go see it in person because yeah, there is a museum of media inside his house it's you don't you, you until you see it in person you don't actually understand the scale of of film memorabilia and actual just film that richard he has, has an in oscar house. statue guys that he just keeps casually in his house have. Yes. I have Oscar parties. I need it. So I want to get like, even, that. This does not include the clue game collection that he keeps in the game room, guys. Like, you don't understand. It's insane. So I want to be able to put up pictures of that and kind of. So if you want to get to know us, if you feel so inclined to throw a little bit of money at us, the numbers are really low. It's like three and five dollars. And 
it, it will be that. It will be extra content and things about our personal lives. And a lot of times when you hear us talk about inside shit that it's, we're like, you weren't there. You had to see it. You can find it on there. So and you act like you're going to have to like pull my arm off to get me to talk about my writing. And in the past, I've done a ton of movie reviews, which I briefly talked to. It hadn't even occurred to me that I have tons and tons of movie reviews that I could also post. Mm-hmm. See, yeah, that would be you great. Want to watch because at one point, my Oscar project, when I was watching all the best pictures, I was trying to take notes and write write reviews of each one and saying why I thought it should, did win best picture um, and, and what it meant to the time frame it was made within. So that's been an ongoing project of mine for like three years. I'm we've watched from 1927 all the way up to 1988 currently, directly in a row. Wow! Yeah. I'm sure, Kat, as you're working on it, there will be like more permanent links to like the Facebook and the Discord and, and yeah. Stuff I'm gonna and edit the pages. They'll it'll be up on the Facebook. It'll be up on the Discord. It is active now. We were I mean, on on the Patreon days. Patreon. There'll be links to like the Facebook and the Discord, and so we'll oh be able to yeah, find I'm them. sorry. Yeah, absolutely. And access to all that. I do want to at some point get it so we can like live stream things onto the Patreon. So if you say if you're part of the Patreon and you are there in time, you could in theory like be commenting us while we're recording, so you can almost I wonder interact. If we could do that because I'd still want to get the like the Twitch stream stuff up, so that'd be cool. Yeah, like this is my goal long term. It's very simple right now, so don't be freaked out if you do stumble your way over there. Um, but go check it out. We wanna we wanna do that. Anything you do da- donate will be committed to better There's microphones. Or, yeah, you yeah. are sourcing that stuff. Yeah. As a, we all break shit. None of us are allowed to have nice Once things. Once again, if you guys have suggestions or you want us to review movies or you have ideas, make sure you reach out and let us know as well. Yes. Yes, very much so. Um, and there's that kind of stuff in the Discord as well. There's actually a, an episode suggestions tab in the Discord for you to drop that kind of stuff if you want to. And I'm sure maybe this week, again, we can drop the Discord in on the Facebook page. Yeah, well, Once we'll again, again, guys, thank you. Thank you very much for listening to us. Yes, thank you. We appreciate it. Highly it's your life right and go watch that. Listening to our antics and our craziness and we get sidetracked. We get more sidetracked because we all have um, video up and running. So when we make our crazy comments that you can't see what we're doing it's probably because we're commenting on our video stream um i really gotta get the twitch stuff going i know i say it every week and then i'm like yeah jeremy and i'll get to it and then we just never do like because then what i can do is i can if we're all comfortable with it we can record live and i can post that onto a locked youtube page connected to patreon so you can go through our patreon and go through and like if you want to watch us while we're recording in theory they could do that on the youtube channel yeah All right, so go watch Return to Oz, and we'll see you next week. Yeah! We got Oscar Oscar stuff next week. All right, until then, bye, guys! Bye. Bye!